Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful Central Finally, Coast of California. This. It's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. show. Yeah, Edward is focused on something fierce on his phone over there. Not really. I was just waiting for the intro to play. Hey, the intro's playing, bro. Well, to keep playing. Okay. I understand. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. Edward, what's good, my dude? Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Edward. Um, well, we're both fuck that was loud. Uh, we're getting off a uh, both getting off long days of work. Well, long-ish days of work. Uh, so the mood's pretty uh low. I, not low, but like bad. But like you know, mellow. Well, the energy's not super high coming in. Yeah, but we'll try our best. I have a feeling today we're men on a mission and we just want to hammer through this podcast. Only slightly. Only slightly. Only slightly. Yeah, we've got the usual gimmicks. Uh, hot or not for which did Jake remember to send you a hot or not this week? Uh, what you heard that fucking what you heard the cut uh, the listeners want to hear it. That oh. loud fucking the boing notification the was uh, was a good friend Bone Steel sending us a. Well, he said one second he'll get us a hot or not. I don't know how, what, if he's busy or not. I well, last time I couldn't tell you. Last time he said one second he didn't get us one. The time before that, it took him like four hours. Yes. <laughs> All right, my dude. Anything you want to say? Uh, well, we don't have a hot or not off to really like start the show. Start the show going. So yeah. either you bullshit something or. We hammer into this. No, well, I mean, the only other thing was hey, uh, it's been a weekend. I haven't yeah. seen you. All, I haven't seen you all the weekend. I think uh, I saw you like on Thursday. <laughs> I didn't see you on the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday, and the Monday. So, would you been good? I did axe throwing for the first time the other day. Oh, you went to the axe throwing spot in like downtown? Yeah, I went to some went with some friends. Yeah, I was at wait, what friends? Don't lie to me. And fuck you. <laughs> Ah. No, just with some, uh, just, oh, just, yeah. just with some friends of mine. Uh, uh, as you can assume, that was my first time axe throwing. I came in last, but I was winning for like the first half. I actually had pretty decent arm throwing uh, technique. Um, I started off first, came in last, but I didn't lose by much. So I was able to walk away pretty proud uh, of myself. So, yeah, that was... That was hype. Uh, other than that, um, I'm trying to. The only only other thing that notable that really happened was just was just uh, some wrestling stuff. Not just our main event, but uh, AEW Forbidden Door, which apparently did. If you're going to combine what Tony Khan said, the gate and pay per views by did uh, did six million dollars. Okay. And John Cena's uh, WWE birthday last night on Raw, which was a very cheesy but very wholesome. Thing. The John Cena stuff was the only stuff I watched, honestly, uh, just on clips. The only other thing I check, I mean, I'll check out what Ezekiel is up to. Uh, oh, and Riddle. Riddle's going to Money in the Bank. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, Well, I kicked it over the weekend. I kicked it down south with a good friend uh, Bone Steel to watch the pay-per-view. But I also went to a show, too, uh, like on the Saturday, too. So I also brought a good friend Saab, Seb with me. 
coming to hang out. We just went and just was at a sob. Yeah, we we're at a low key. We we're just chilling at a low key like punk show. We saw the band Blazing Eye, and then we saw some other bands on the bill. For the most part, like the like other than the band that opened up the SoCal Parishioners, which if you like mid pace like slower punk, sure. For me, I'm like I'm not in the mood for this right now, and this is like okay. But a band that like surprised me was the Mainliners. That's a pretty awesome band. You guys go check it out. But also, it makes the Mainliners pseudo cool. If you care about the band, the Garden, uh, I guess the Mainliners have opened up for the Garden. As uh, my friend Seb with me, he's a total simp for the Garden, and actually, one of the brothers of the Garden was there. Oh. It was the blonde one named Wyatt. It wasn't the one that good friend said, like, he doesn't simp for that one. He simps for the other brother harder. I see. If you give a fuck about that, like, uh, give a p- fuck about punk indie band The Garden, who, like, does shows with, like, they'll basically have a crowd of a bunch of freaking poly dollies, uh, like, indie poly dolly, norm, normcore indie poly dollies. As insulting as I say it, but then they'll like have final conflict on the same bill with them because they like final conflict. So they're into like harder punk, except I only saw the dude for the mainliners and then the rest of the show, like after like the mainliners, which they were the second band, kind of like the crowd disappeared or the best way I put it, like the normie looking people kind of like dissipated. And now we just got the sketchy looking fucking. Now we got the sketchy looking mullet freaking punk rockers, bro. <laughs> So yeah, like other like if you want to check out the other bands, Hate Preachers is a tight band. Soh or Sound of Hate might be it. They were pretty tight, but I feel like Blazing Eye was the best band that evening. So I was pretty stoked to see them. So like Seb was stoked too. I ate a fuck lot. I, like then the next day, all I ate was Nashville hot chicken. We went to one spot, but there was only one guy working, so it kind of took a minute. This was hotties, which I love hotties, but if it's one guy working, I don't think it was like the best experience I had, but went to Dave's hot chicken later. So you can't say I didn't eat hot chicken. Like good friend Seb also wanted to go like to another show the next day. It was a matinee show at some bar in Long Beach to go see a negative approach and final conflict. But the restaurant took a minute. And when like Seb and good friend death metal Daniel rolled up to the show, it was sold out because old heads. So they were kind of boned and then Seb just kind of hang back while he was going in and out while me and the nerds, Jake Boats, Jake and Thomas friggin was watching the pay-per-view, which that was a really awesome pay-per-view show for the most part. One thing I was bummed is that like I had to go friggin let Seb in during like the mirror, like the friggin like mirror match. So I kind of missed like the hot like Clark Connors comeback and then like something also had to move my car during the fucking party match was Sting just like no selling super kicks. So I was fucking bothered. Yeah, I saw you. There was a YouTube clip of that called Sting absorbs the super kicks. Yep. It was pretty fun. No, like it was a super fucking awesome. Like obviously, I went to go rewatch the match. It was super fucking awesome. Like literally, like the first couple back, like up to the women's match. Like the women's match was good, but I can't remember when the women's match came after. Like you know, Sting being the best Sting ever. Yeah. So I can't like fault the women. They tried. Like Tony Storm has a fucking her ass attack just kills people. Yeah. It's like kind of almost darly. Yeah. Oh, but the fucking Osprey and friggin' Orange Cassidy match, so fucking Narnars. If you, like, care about wrestling, or if you wanted to catch your match off that show, obviously I would recommend that one. I was hoping it'd be good. Well, it was better than good. Yeah. It was, like, fucking insane. (laughs) It was kind of an insane match, not gonna lie. 
Now, I try to remember what was the rest of the card. Oh, yeah. Uh, the former Cesario Cl- slash Claudio Castagnoli showed up. Isn't that his real name? Or something like that. Either way, when he rolled up, it was fu- like he had a huge ass pop. Yeah. But he had like a he had a good match with Saber. I figured he would. He's, it just wasn't you know, it wasn't the best like Saber beating the shit and fucking tying people up match. It was okay. Yeah, yeah. Like Claudio was like pretty exciting, but it was not gonna lie. It was kind of like, all right, this match is kind of like bring it down a little bit. And then it was the New Japan or the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship four way, which that match was all right. It was getting good. Yeah. But Adam Cole got concussed, and then there was kind of a lame duck finish for whatever reason. I can't blame it. Jay White was a professional, and he ended the match early because Adam Cole was uh, pretty fucking out of it. So okay, yeah, I'll give Jay White. He was you. a professional. Yeah, fucking good for a boat. Steel was also going like you know what Jay White. He has a pretty cool look and stuff. So I'm like, oh look at this. Uh, He's never watched a single Jay White match. I look at the guy. I figured since since because I figured that such Jay that since good friends Jake and Thomas after all these years are finally watching wrestling that's not WWE I figured they would do the natural thing and actively like seek out other wrestling no they would rather just watch AEW have a show in New Japan and then go like wow these New Japan wrestlers are really kind of fucking good yeah they're like literally the best and debatably the best in the world some of the best like the four-way i like was sitting there was tanahashi good. for instance has no reason to still be wrestling for the last like five years but he's still one of the best oh no like even like here's the thing like that four-way kind of like the finish kind of was a lame duck and a dud but i was like yeah. okay we have tanahashi versus john moxley yeah and i have only one complaint on that match what i wanted that match to go longer didn't already go kind of it went like 18 minutes and i'm yeah. like dude this match i felt like could even go longer i think because like dude, match, Hashi was so awesome he was like so awesome he got the whole crowd behind him i think like he got the crowd booing moxley i think because of how awesome tanahashi and his highlights are i think i think that match should have had 25 minutes Dude, I'm actually at 30 minutes in my book. Minimum. It should have been 25 minimum. Like it, dude, it Past e- 30 might have been too long. Like, easily, it could have gone to the freaking next step. It, like, I was sitting there, it's like, I didn't even feel like the match peak. I wanted more of that match. Uh, I saw some AEW bots on Twitter talking like, it was the perfect length because American audiences aren't ready slash aren't used to long matches. Oh, shut the fuck up. They, like, had Hangman and Daniel Bryan do a Broadway <laughs> and then do a fucking 30 something minute match and then also Kenny and like Daniel Bryan with 30 minutes oh speaking of Daniel Bryan on the John Cena celebration oh last yeah he fucking Raw, showed up him and Chris Jericho yeah no and also Big Show too Big Show yeah I, for, I yeah. forget Big Show's in AEW yeah I know it's it's not really noticeable he kind of shows up and does commentary for a fucking YouTube show Big but. Show is kind of reminds me of Keith Lee I forget they're fucking there well, also, yeah, because also in the, in the, in like, the fucking buy-in matches, too, like, even those were fun, like, oh, yeah. Keith Lee, uh, Shane Strickland had a totally fun match with fucking Desperado and Cameron, uh, fucking can't remember the whiskey guy's name, but either way, that was a pretty fun match, too. One, because, like, Keith Lee and Shane Strickland are a really fun, charismatic team. Yeah. And, like, they gel very well together. Yeah. And then they also went into, like, a total season pro with like a freaking desperado and like i think it's kanemaru those guys who've been teaming for fucking ever so i'm sitting there i was like fuck this is a really good fucking match like literally the wrestling was awesome it's around the end of the show it kind of slowed down but like having an awesome match with will osprey versus orange cassidy 
it's going to be hard. Like, things had to slow down at that point. Yeah, it, yeah. it was just going to get more ridiculous from there. But, like, yeah, that's my only issue. With the, jo- with the awesome John Moxley versus Tanahashi match, I wish longer. it went more. Wish it went longer. And maybe Moxley also went at the pace of, go at the pace of Tanahashi. He's a little, he's older and slower. Maybe yeah. Moxley's just wild, man. He goes and does his own thing, but. You know what? I'm sure Tanahashi respected him for that, though. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. But all I know is Tanahashi that. Tanahashi used to be pretty fast. Yeah. He's still kind of fast, honestly. Not really. Well, he's fast for what he should he be. He doesn't need. I a- genuinely believe Tanahashi is way better than he has any right to be at his age with his knees. Yeah, no, like literally has. We were talking like, like he has no right to be as good as he is. But dude, fucking, yeah, we were talking. I don't know if you watched the match. I haven't. Um, but uh, like, like Tana Mox, right? No, I watched the match. I don't know if you felt the vibe where it's like, dude, I want this match to go more. Oh no, I, 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 I like literally the crowd was wrestled, getting so hot for Tanahashi. They could have wrestled for forty more minutes, and I would have been. They could have wrestled. Yeah, they could have wrestled for like forty-five minutes. I would have been. Happy. I would have been elated. I would have been I was on cloud ha- nine. I would have loved it. I would have loved it if they went longer, <laughs> but they didn't they or whatever. Didn't. And like literally the crowd was getting so fired up. Like literally they could have gone the extra five minutes and have Tanahashi just have this insane comeback. It's the most like we would have been fucking living and dying. Yeah. And then you could have Moxley win and it we would have been like super cloud nine. But no, he just kind of just choked him out. And I was like, oh, and damn. I have to hear all these people be like, oh, man, these. These eight, these new Japan guys are really good. It's like, yeah, no shit, they're really good. Where did you hear that on the fucking internet? Yeah, and yeah, I know it's these, like, internet, these like AEW nerds that are like, oh yeah, I saw, s- I saw someone on AEW Twitter defend the Forbidden Door build, saying that hey, it's okay. All of AEW's pay per views have been perfect so far, so this will be no different. Okay, that guy uh, needs to be a little bit more realistic. <laughs> oh, dude, the WWE bots are debatably the worst one. One guy tried to undermine this. Uh, a lot of people are trying to under were trying to undermine this whole pay per view by going, "Hey, awesome wrestling can't make up for for store for non investable storylines." And I'm like. Did you watch the pay-per-view, bro? Because <laughs> you sound like the... Here's the thing. It's like... People were just looking for... I saw some like the re- like, like, dude, the wrestling was like even better than I was suspecting. I saw some guy whose whole thing was he was looking out for specific, for a lot of... For any botches. And, I get, and he made a few gifts of Okada. And he said, bro, Okada's so mid. And I'm like, bro, you deserve like burn at the stake for that. I'm like, he's so mid. I'm like... Hey, let's put this guy in a fucking four way where New Japan never does four ways because yeah, it's just like they don't. The only and time like here's they... the thing that match I'm sure was building this somewhere, and like Okada was starting to fire up. Yeah, dude, literally like this is the first time Bone Steel ever saw the Okada zoom out fucking shot, and he was like, "That's so sick!" And I was like, "Well, yeah, he does that." He's only been doing it for years, guys. Yeah, like he's been doing that for see, fucking ever. See, that's what I mean. It's like, and and I feel like, and I feel like. I feel like such a snob, but like, bro, if you haven't been catching these New Japan matches for, you know, last, let's just say five, six years, I mean, bro, you've been missing out. Yeah, no. Like, here's the thing, though. Like, Okada still had the fucking loudest fucking reaction out of everyone. Oh, I was out of everyone. I was figuring. Like, I'm just saying, like, none of the AEW guys had as loud as a pop as fucking Okada. Because I guess fucking at least everyone in the fucking crowd knew the great the great awesomeness that was Okada. Cash money Okada. Well, obviously his match with Kenny Omega can you almost say it was a catalyst of friggin' like 
making like putting attention well, to yeah. people to the like superstars of AEW. That uh that that uh that Okada Omega trilogy changed the game as far as I'm concerned. Yes, changed the Maybe game. Maybe even more than the young Bucks. Obviously the biggest catalyst like for sure to like bring birth to AEW would have been the Kenny versus Chris Jericho match at the yeah. Wrestle Kingdom the year after. That I would say more, but Bringing in the hype was that a critically acclaimed match from oh, yeah. was the first one of Kenny Omega versus uh, Kazuchika Okada. So. Yeah, yeah, that. To yeah. anyone that gives a fuck about pro wrestling, also we have timestamps in the beginning if you ever want to skip anywhere into the show. Because right. we're talking about other wrestling and not Stone Cold. Yeah. Like, William, I love Stone Cold too. Oh, yeah. Like, here's the great. thing Stone Cold had the loudest pop out of the John Cena videos. So. Oh, yeah. Jericho was the second. Stone Cold. Well, Jericho had the. People, they had it was like the shock pop. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh my god! They didn't even pop that loud for Daniel Bryan. What? They didn't even pop that loud for Daniel Bryan. I know they didn't, they, they 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 popped loud for him, but they didn't pop as loud as Jericho. Yeah, well, yeah, Jericho was the. I'm shock. actually surprised they didn't. Jericho's get- also the fucking goon that like also talks smacks too. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. so loyal to the company. Two years in AEW. Yeah, okay, that company was okay. Yeah, I'm like, shut up, the withered. Yeah, the wizard. The wizard. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to say, or do you want to get it going on the show? The only thing I was going to say is I was surprised they didn't get CM Punk for that. Because he likes Forbidden Door. Uh, oh, you're no right. for um for the John Cena. Wait, does he thing. like Cena? No, he does. Like he's gone. He's gone on record like over the years, being like, "No, I like John. I loved working with John. His his issues were with Vince and Hunter." <laughs> well, he like- likes the boss. He he likes he hates the boss. Likes the workers. That pipe bomb where he says, I like you, John. I, d- I don't even hate you. I like you. I like you more than whatever. That's how he feels. And he said that uh, in, in all his interviews. All right, then. I believe it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't think they text each other, but I'm sure. I believe that. Like, you If know, they see each other, it'd be like, Punk, Cena, that kind of, or, you know, friendly I'm handshake. I'm curious, what was Punk's opinion with working with The Rock? Okay, so if you he, ever heard he likes and respects Cena way more. He does respect The Rock because he didn't say this, but it's he it can be summed up as bro, it's the fucking rock. How can you not? He does feel though that uh people that at the time were massively booing like Cena for stuff, he felt that they were giving Rock a pass on. And he just overall thought that uh I'm talking about just working with them though. Oh, as a wrestler, uh, he, I mean, he thought he was good. That's pretty much it. But he likes Cena more when he talks about Rock. When he talks about Rock, he talks about him way more as a person than a wrestler. As far as a, as far as a wrestler and talent goes, I think he liked working with Cena more. Yeah, because hey, Cena. They, hey, they let loose on their matches. They oh, went dude, to town. Those were some of Cena. Those were like some of Cena's best matches. Yeah, dude, because they let loose and went to town. Yeah. I'm trying to think about anything else to say. Well, all I could do say on my trip was that I oh fuck okay. I, this was kind of hilarious. What? So freaking like with us friends down south, we have like a garbage wing eagle WWF title belt that we call the bro title, and when basically the champions are whoever wins in this whatever set of game we played. And then this week, like freaking Bone Steel was dodging. He was like holding off. He refused to say the game, and then he was like, "All right, to defend my title." We're going to play Mario, like Mario Tennis 8, like play Mario Tennis on the Switch. And I'm like, fuck, because he's looking not half bad at the game. Well, he has a dirty strategy and it can really eat you up. I see. But 
which obviously the stipulation was all right. We're gonna do a, a doubles match. I'm me, like I, the champion, am gonna play with a computer. Then you and Thomas, who's never played the game, you guys are gonna have to like go against us. Which actually we we're doing pretty good. But then eventually, like, but either way, me and Thomas actually lost. But then it's like all right, between you and Thomas, you guys then face each other. Which then like I crushed Thomas because I actually know how to play the game and I played right. the game. And then when I like face Bode Steel, I fucking crushed him. <laughs> Six zero did not even fucking win a game. Wow. I fucking crushed him. I took the title. I told Thomas we had a good game. I did not <laughs> say that with like good for a Bode Steel. Oh yeah. Oh, then we played Smash Brothers, which Sephiroth is in the fucking game. Yeah, I told you that like a year ago. I think you did, but I totally just like yeah, he's in the game. Banjo Kazooie's in the game. Yeah, I know the Eve Hey Hey or whatever from oh, fucking Tekken's in the game. Yeah, well, good friend fucking Thomas actually bought that shit, and I'm like, oh shit, I could play a Sephiroth. But then also I saw was Minecraft Steve. Oh yeah, that was a big deal. And here's the thing: we do have a fun ass game where it's like, all right, we're gonna do 99 lives. But it's going to be sudden death. So fucking going through 99 lives, insta kill, which yeah. it's a pretty fun game. Not well, yeah, I played one time with you guys. Came in third place. And what do you think? You got well, Do you think it was a fun game other than the shit talking? No, it was a fun game. It's just that I was trying to actually hate. play the game right. And then you had us going fucking Boy Scout. Yeah. Here's the thing. I played that game as fucking Minecraft Steve. And I wasn't even like, try I was just trying to learn his fucking mechanics. Yeah. Because he's fucking weird. No, Steve's deadly. Like, once you get him, he's he takes a lot of work. He takes a lot of weird work, but bro, he he's a monster. You don't fucking understand. I actually won that game. There's a... Uh, there's like, here's a the thing. I wasn't even trying to win. There's I a literally won as fucking, like, Minecraft Steve because he's, like, got the dirty TNT traps and he's just fucking blocking around. There's a contingent of Smash fans that want Steve nerfed because there's a video of How this, like, nine-year-old... tournaments? Well, there's this, like, video of this, like, nine-year-old girl totally wrecking this pro Smash player. What fucking... With Minecraft Steve. Dude, oh, fuck, dude. I, I'll like, send it to you after the show. Here's the thing, because then I played a Sephiroth after, and I'm like, fuck, dude. Like, you thought Su Sephiroth would be good, but his fucking mechanics are trash. I think the thing is, like, Sephiroth here's like, doesn't it, work like how a lot of people thought he was. Like, he's more of like a weirdly defensive character. Like, he's defensive, but not... Oh, fuck, not even defensive. Because, seriously, I think of defensive characters like, oh, you get knocked in the air, you have a way to jump back. Like, if you use a fucking left or right motion, like, B, like B combo, all he does is fucking snap and falls. Yeah. I'm like, God fucking dear, because I'm used to playing with characters where if I use a friggin', like, left or right B motion, it helps me move lateral if I'm in the air get back onto the freaking stage Sephiroth was I did that he's like snapping like well now I'm just fucking falling and I can't fucking double jump <laughs> fuck me and fuck this guy here's the thing like Sephiroth like he has a great me melee like melee range and just like if you're like striking sure he's pretty awesome but like literally it's like fuck dude I would rather use fucking Minecraft Steve over fucking Sephiroth obviously my main go to is Lil Mac yeah not as much range but fucking pretty solid speed and has awesome recovery so plus punch out on the wii was a very fun game fuck dude punch out on the wii was a fucking awesome ass I'll game throw, that's one of the i'll throw on the music from from that soundtrack sometime bro sandman's theme fucking fire all i know is fucking sandman obviously he's fucking hard but my fucking like character that always eats me up was the fucking bullfucker 
Oh, uh, what was that guy's name? Was his name uh, Great Bull or whatever? The Great Bull, that bald fucking like he yeah, yeah, yeah. he always gave me trouble. Like yeah, Sandman, he's fucking you know the final boss. So of course, yeah, I'm gonna he's take gonna, fucking yeah. hours to fucking learn his pattern. But the bull always fucked me up a good one. I'm trying to remember who I had a problem with. Like, uh, I feel like Bear Hugger fucked me up a lot. Soda Popinski kind of fucks with you, but once you like learn his pattern, how he works, it's like, okay, he's decently easy. No, you know who for some reason gave me a hard time for like a long time was Super Macho Man. And I've heard people be like, Super oh, he's Macho. one of the easier ones. I'm like, like I don't know. Like, he's easier, but the fucking bull guy is always just my like worst enemy. Oh, and gr- uh, Great Tiger. The, the the guy that uh, he had the colors the and the dot t- head in his head. Yeah, the guy that does the fucking magic tricks. Yeah, and yeah, shit. yeah. He like flies and shit. Oh yeah, he had the dirty ass magic tricks where he had the fucking t- where he was the one where you actually had to block. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't just dodge. You had to block too. Yeah, but yeah, I know. If you want, if you want a character with aerial recovery and Smash Bro, fucking Sora. He's got the best recovery in the game. Yeah, but I like a little bit more speed in my style. True. It helps. It's like I like to. I like, for me, I'm more of speed. It's funny that well, except Lolo Minecraft Steve. He's kind of a fucking tank, but he's also dirty too. All I do is like walk away from the action. I set up traps, and usually it just like kind of. It's like helps too. Also, fucking his fucking using the friggin' uh, the mind dolly fucking like oh, move yeah. where he just fucking bops across the map. You know how many times I used that I was knocking both like good friend Thomas and Boat still out. That's funny. Like the Minecraft Steve is like for some I reason I thought for some reason for the meme I always I thought you would be a guy that tried to learn King K rule just because he's a big thick fat fuck and I just thought I'd be like bro I'm gonna fuck you up a King K rule that sounds like something you'd say I could try well hey next time when I'm with the homies playing on the Switch I'll try out King K rule you know it's also fucked. Cause like they have here's the, they got the new fucking Mario Party for the Switch like not the one that's like it has the retro stages oh like, yeah yeah no, another like, one yeah yeah you know redigitize it was like the actual one but when we turn it on it was sorry this game can only be used with Joy Cons you yeah. cannot use controller I was like huh what the fuck <laughs> this bullshit <laughs> what are you trying to do yeah that sucks I was I was like we only got two. And we got four bodies. Like, yeah, we can have an actual party here, but we can't get the party on because we got it. We can't use a fucking controller. Talk about now. Fuck you. Well, well, the issue is like, well, I guess Thomas, good friend Thomas, has to go buy two new Joy Cons. Mario Party, more like no party. <laughs> fucking damn right, there was no damn party. <laughs> All right, let's pull up hot or not. Okay, I'm actually shocked we talked this long. Yeah, me too. Oh, look at that. We can actually bullshit. That's hot. 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 That's That's hot. 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 That's all right, so I just got back from an appointment. Anyways, uh, this next song is obviously hot. It's the hottest of the hot, done by the hottest oh, fucking no. rock star you know. Don't tell pop me. Pop punk pirate himself. Uh, this is a brand new Fuck, track. Dude, I so hot so and so underground that it hasn't even taken off yet. This is Yesterday's Runaway by yours truly. Is it hot or is it hot? He said it's one of his own songs? Yeah. He fucking did that.
My mom is going to fucking kill him when she hears this segment. Good. He'll be up, he'll be hanging out like next week like next week in the coast. You can have your mom go physically you know beat the shit out of him. Okay, can I tell I'll what? T- I'll, no, I'll say it after the song. Uh, well, what is it 2007? Sure. Hey bro, want to throw on the guy liner and go to the Parkway Drive show? No. Oh. Want to play good Charlotte while we go get Taco Bell? No. Because I'm fucking over the age of 25. And I'm not going to when we were young fest. <laughs> oh, Jake's playing. I guess Jake did a fast song. Yeah, this is, uh, this, Where, this act, is pretty legit. Actually, it's fucking hilarious. Because he actually fucking... I remember one time he called me in asking me what the fuck to describe this beat. And I'm like sitting there. It's like, does this count as a DB? And I'm like... I was in the middle of a music store. I fucked up my ankle the day prior, and I was on my way to go play a show up in Fairfield. So I was sitting there and I was like, I'm not going into the nuances of a fucking shitty punk beat, so sure. Just say that. Just say a D beat or a skank beat or whatever the fuck, dude. Just do that fucking galloping downbeat. Right, we, like, we missed the money chorus, bro. Yeah, because you wouldn't shut up. What do you think the song to be? What nuances of the song you think? What special nuances? Oh, I didn't what say there missing? would be. Okay, I'll be quiet. But now we'll never know. Oh, no. You have to go listen to the song on your own time. I don't envy you. Bro, you want a two-step to bone steel? Yeah, dude. I'm about to fucking crowd kill to this. All right, here we go. So cringe. Oh, this is the one with the lost in the stereo. Yeah. You know, for what he wants and what he's going for and who he's trying to care for, I gotta be honest, uh, the sound, it's its one of the more legit songs he's put out recently. Sure, like... Like, through I, and I through... I thought the song was gonna be horrible, like, worse. <laughs> like, when it, it's like, still bad. It's like, well, I just hate... It's a ministerio! I'm like, dude, that line's line? so cringe. Oh, yeah, I would say, is it the line? Oh, I'm like, we get it, bro. You don't want to grow old. Well, this is the same guy sitting there is like, so I just had to uh, did three interviews for this uh, salary job that I under fucking, but they asked me how much I want to get paid and it's like, I want to be paid over $20. I'm like, wait, like 20,000 is like, oh, they were talking about salaries. I'm sitting there and it's like, it's like, you didn't know that? I don't know. Have you met this guy? True. Like he refuses to work, but when it's time to actually come in. Oh hey, the song's over. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you have your insightful critique on this one, and we're not listening to that one again. Um, insightful critique. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna say this in the most sincere way I can. Mm-hmm. Jake, you made a good pop punk song. Maybe he actually made a pop punk song. Here's the thing: he hates this one. He hates it. Yeah, he doesn't like fast songs. He's like, I really like it. Keep it more mid-tempo and like slower. Honestly, I thought that was one of the better songs he's put out in a while. Yeah, I hate the fucking chorus, but like the rest of it's like, yeah, no. That's what, not does he wanna, what does he want to do more uh, emo pretty boy stuff like bloom for you? Oh, 
I'm sure he would, but he no, I literally was hanging out with him. And he said he's got fucking butt rock tracks on hand that he's about to release. I'm like, going back to the butt rock for real, Z bro. I thought this. I think this. I think pop punk suits him. I think it suits his style, suits his taste. Yeah, but he doesn't like being fast. He likes slower pop punk. Well, that is why he fails. No, he doesn't fail. I guess. Uh, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? Why are you asking me? No, you go first. You go first. You go first. Fuck, I don't know. Um, you don't know. Does this song confuse you? <laughs> Do you have mixed feelings? Yeah, actually, if you could believe that. <laughs> oh, well, what's your mixed feelings? On one hand, I genuinely think for him, if we're going because we've listened to his music evolve over the last thing, 10 obviously, years. I don't think he wrote the instrumentals. All he does is write the fucking lyrics and sing it. And does Wait, the he didn't singing. write. He didn't write the music. No, he was hanging out with some like fucking gent nerd. That's a super producer. So he didn't even. No. Okay, it's a knot. I told you he called me to like ask me what the fucking beat was. I I'm thought like, he just had a random question while he was programming some drums or something. No, he wasn't even programming the drums. He was trying to send it off to some other guy to program the drums. I'm shaking my head, Jake. For shame. You know what sucks? This is probably going to be the only time he listens to our show because he's going to be like, nah, okay. you don't think he'll even listen to this? Oh yeah, so no even. I doubt he's gonna. Oh, can I tell? Uh, can I tell the story? So it's funny that he sends us this song when he got in touch with you like three days ago with because he was like uh, James. Because if you all remember, we James titled the last episode, you know, tough enough season whatever episode whatever. Uh, and then review, also, and then in all caps, call from no, sorry, call from Bone Steel because we talk about him and he like like. We talk about him. I'm like, fuck it. This is a perfect opportunity to record him. Lolo, it was illegal for me to do it. But I'm like, <laughs> like he gives a fuck. Well, he did give a fuck because he's like trying to like. That's what I'm I was getting like, at, I'm yeah. about to drop a single and I'm like talking to this girl and then she might go check out the single. But yeah. she searched for me and that episode comes up. And apparently. And then she, and then she hears that freaking we like what I said on that phone call. Because he's like saying it's like we had some locker room talk. I'm like. We don't really have any locker room talk. If it was like actual locker room talk, I don't think you would have published it. No, it was pretty conservative. He only said one thing that might have been raunchy with the fucking Instagram post of like the lady getting boned by a skeleton, but everything else was just... <laughs> that was just funny. Most of it was just him like, dude, I my fucking house is a mess, so yeah, and this chick wants to come over, and I'm so, like... So the hilarity of it all is that he gets in contact with you, because on his phone, it's like the second or third result. Which my phone, yes. Which had me thinking... And I was like, sitting there, I was like, huh? Lol. Which had me thinking, is there a possibility that we get more plays than Bone Steel? Probably not. But I Probably thought, not. No, here's but, but that he gets in touch with you about that and he like asks you several times throughout the day. He's like hammered into you. And then uh yeah, but, that's the thing, because I was at like when I first saw it, I'm like, ah, don't want to actually change it. I'll consider it after work. And after work You uh, weren't even fully gonna do it? Oh yeah, no, because then I went <laughs> No, because then I like picked up good friend Seb and we're cruising to do uh I think yeah, we're tracking guitars that evening for our like D or D beat band like friggin' EP demo. Or next D my next recording that I'm working on. And I was like, hey, can you look up Bone Steel for me on your phone? Just go on Spotify and search. And once the Bone Steel results came up. Our podcast didn't show up. So I'm like, all right, this is just only my phone. I'm not even going to fucking bother to change it. Why? Because it ain't going to show up. So I don't think it's going to matter. And Jake's overreacting. It's okay. Because I know he doesn't listen to the show. 
That is hilarious. So yeah, I kind of went, oh so, yeah, yeah Meyer, he, oh Meyer. I was like, ah, fuck. I'm going to say not because it's like, it's the song is good, but I don't want to give it a hot. So I'm like, yeah, that's definitely not. There's like, there's no in between when like rating this. I'll say not. Like, obviously, it's one of his better pop punk songs. Honestly, I hope it blows the fuck up. I feel like this song should blow up than over his other songs because some of his other songs are just. I don't vibe. But I'm also not these freaking predatory women that, like, hit him up and freaking, like, like want to do naughty things with him and freaking. They like those songs. So here's the thing it's like, those songs are not meant for me. Oh, my Maybe God. Maybe this song was meant for me. And I'm like, you know what? It's a fun song. But when I hear how hear- sad of like how sad that he's getting old and he just wants to be like young again, I'm like, I like being old and having money. Okay, younger me didn't play drums as good. Okay, old me is like I I, I prefer old me at the moment. Older me. Okay, maybe if I'm like aged you, not older like ten years ago, you'd probably hate you from ten years ago. Well, like, yeah, 10 years ago, me, I was like, dude, you're a fucking nerd. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I literally say that. Yeah. Homie, go get a cassette player. I think the moment where you became the person you are now is when you renounced uh, newer any thrash metal pretty much from the 2000s on. Mostly. What are you talking about? Well, unless it's a band you trust, basically. Yeah, if it's like a good band, then yeah, sure. Because I just remember the, the 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 that comment comes from uh, there was this big thrash metal show. You, good friend Thompson, like two other people went to. It was like seven people on the bill. Seven bands. Seven bands on the bill. Yeah, singular all people. All thrash metal. Yep. All very similar thrash metal, headlined by Warbringer. And Thomas hey, Warbringer was playing their first album, so yeah. I enjoyed that. And after that show, which coincidentally, good friend Thomas and Dylan were always like, oh, bro, I'm such a big Warbringer fan, but that was their least favorite album. It's like, bro. But after that, I remember, I remember, I remember Bruh. good friend Thomas saying, uh, yeah, I, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of worn out from thrash metal after that. It took him a good few months to want to throw on some thrash metal. Oh, but you, that killed thrash metal for you. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Yeah, I know. He's saying, I'm going to now listen to other repetitive music. Here's the thing. It's like, I'd rather go listen to other repetitive music than go listen to repetitive lame-ass thrash metal. Like, obviously, like, if you ask me, it's like, all right. It's like, I do like these thrash. I have, like, a list of thrash metal albums that I'm like, all right, these I like. I would choose, I would prefer, I would, if you would have to put a gun to my face and actually say, all right, name thrash metal shit you like, I have a list of that. Yeah. But it's at this point, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to look for other bands. They yeah. usually are that good. And if they, if they are good, I will hear about it. Last thing before we move on to the who here. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe you could explain it better. I don't know what, what? It, I don't know what it is about simple music like, you know, punk and stuff. Repetitive as it may be, it's more fun to listen to than like more, quote unquote, technical or complex music. Uh, like like I would rat like for like for some time, like if I was listening to like really I. I get bored way less, uh, way less uh, is what I'm saying, listening to like repetitive, like, you know, punk music than I do repetitive, like metal, certain metal musics. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because it's simpler. My brain can turn off for a while. It's simpler. Maybe it's better songwriting, you know? Maybe, yeah. I'm saying, like, if you ask me, is like, do you like Municipal Waste still? Yes. I still enjoy that band. Pretty good. I'll still throw the fuck down. They like believe that I, I was at the way show. I was still in the mood. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm I'm ready to fuck some people up right now. I'm like, dude, they got the fucking shit. I'm like, oh dude, it's time. You know, I still vibe with the ways. 
But Maybe Me Most Boys is like a pretty good band. I would like to admit that. Yeah. As like corny and shit they are, I'm like, compared to other thrash metal but bands. Some, but some corn and cheese is good. Like, no, sometimes you no to do good thrash metal, you need a little cheese. Yeah, dude. It's inevitable. It's fucking the most, like, here's the thing that we need, but like, thrash metal sucks when you actually take it too seriously. Yeah. A lot of things are, I find. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Um, fuck, where the damn fucking things are. All right. Let me get the timestamp real quick and we'll hop in this shit. Okay. Yeah, right, you're good. Go. Okay. What do we listen to? Okay, so um, <clears throat> we are at the first Who album in 24 years since It's Hard, released in 2006. Uh, it's called Endless Wire. It's the first without bassist John Entwistle because he passed away, which was, that was a bummer. Um, so what, like the OG bassist? Yeah, yeah. Damn. He fucking passed away? Oh, yeah. Early 2000s. Fuck, dude, that's a bummer. Yeah, he was great. First, well, he was the best because he was like the dude that would be, he was the most chill out of everyone else. Yeah, yeah. All the other dudes would be spazzing the fuck out when playing live, but nope, he'd be just mad chilling. Yeah, yeah, Pete jumping around and Keith being Keith and then Roger Daltrey just like doing his thing. Then there's Entwistle in the background just doing his thing. I know. It was fucking awesomely entertaining. So songs uh, one through nine, they're just songs. I'm like, okay, cool. Songs 10 through 19 of this record are described as... Wire and Glass, a mini opera. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. I wrote, oh, but, shit. I wrote a cheesy. Here we go again. I wrote a shit. I, not shit. I wrote a cheesy joke here. I wrote Endless Wire, more like Endless Songs. It's not endless, and it's really not that long of a record considering there's 19 of them, but I just thought that was funny. All right, what's up? Uh, what's just it? All right, what's hopping to the normal record? We haven't gone to the mini opera yet. Yeah. Track one is called Fragments. This song intros in a way I can only describe as like, it's very akin to Baba O'Reilly. Feels like you're starting up a Final Fantasy game. Then the instruments come in full and two things come to mind. One, damn, this sounds like some classic sounding Who a bit. And two, damn, like a lot of, like some other old Who stuff, sounds like it could have been on the Spyro soundtrack. The singer, Roger Daltrey, definitely showed his age here in this song. When was, the last, when was the last record? 24 years before that. And I think he's in his late 50s on this record. <sighs> Maybe mid 50s. I think, I think it's someone can age during that time period. Not going to lie. In uh, what did I write here? 24 years. Maybe. <laughs> I like the song, though. Maybe I, so, baby. I thought it was a good start to the record. It started better than the last one. I was vibing with it so much, I gave it a seven. Gosh darn it. Damn, really? Well, here's the thing. Uh, For song one, I was like, well, it seems like they're recycling one of their biggest songs. And then kind of, I'm trying to, I don't know what the fuck, what the fuck I write, I wrote right here. Veeling? 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 Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I wrote right there. Either way, <laughs> well, it seems like they're recycling one of their biggest songs and it was kind of like, you know, it was like, I it was kind of just like there. I give it a light six out of 10. It was good, but... Uh, uh, it seems like didn't you love it. Yeah, no, I did not. I did not love it, but it seemed like you were on a good vibe with it. Track two is the man in the purple dress. It's a folky boy, like all the way through. It's a fun song. Not sure if I'd have this as my second song on the record after the first one opened up, you know, with some energy. But it wasn't a bad listen. I I vibed with it. I gave, I gave that one a six. 
Keep that one a six. Oh, for song two, I was like, this wasn't too bad for an acoustic chiller. You know what? A six out of ten. Yeah. Track three is called Mike Post Theme. And I'm like, who the fuck is Mike Post? So I Googled Mike Post and I thought this was interesting. Mike Post, uh, he's a composer dude. He's composed the theme songs for some shows you might have heard of like Rockford Files, L.A. Law, Quantum Leap, and Law and Order. And Law and Order SVU. Yeah. So, so he's the reason we have dun, 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 dun. So, yeah. I don't know why they named a song after him, but it was a good song. Um, I gave this one a... Um, <clears throat> I gave this one a. Uh, uh, I ended up giving this one a seven. I ended up really liking it. Song three. Yeah. I'm like another not too bad. Six out of ten. This one had some energy. I was feeling it. So hold on. Ugh, sorry. Okay. Track four is called the Ether. What the fuck was this song? Roger or Pete or whoever was know, singing. You tell me. Roger or Pete, whoever was singing for the first like half of the song or maybe the whole song. They were doing like a really, it, it sounded like a really bad Louis Armstrong voice. There's always like dramatic pianos and it's really pretty and melodic. But then I, but then I hear a, a lyric where someone's like, rocking in rhythm just like a child. Just took me out of it was all. Yeah. That aside, it's good. Like really, I'm noticed, I noticed this, I wrote here, I'm noticing a pattern. They have a song with energy, then they go slow. Energy slow. And this is part of that pattern. But I thought it was good. So six. So for song four, I was like, this is a little bit more memorable than the usual ones. Maybe because of the piano gruff voice. For sure. <laughs> like listening to this, you like, you know what? This uh, track stands out a little bit more than what I've heard so far. I gave it a six, a high six out of ten. And then track five is called Black Widow's Eyes. It's a fast, not fast, but it's a rock song after a slow song. And I like the groove on this one. It just felt like classic Who. Maybe not as good as the other songs. It's still a six, maybe like a mid, like a in the middle six. But I thought it was good. So, yeah, six. Uh, for song five, I, I just wrote down, you know what? I guess I really enjoyed this one. A light seven out of ten. I was hmm. vibing it. Track seven is called God Speaks of Marty Robbins. This song breaks the trend by doubling down on the slow and pretty. It's good slow and pretty. And I just, I, you know, not really a lot to say. I just liked it. Another six. Well, song six. Yeah. I wrote down another enjoyable one for some reason. Light seven out of ten. Wait, no, it's song seven. We're on song seven? Yeah, song seven. God Speaks of Marty Robbins. Oh, my fucking God. Wait, no, I skipped I skipped track six. Fuck. What? <laughs> track six is called 2,000 Years. It was. I was uh, like sitting there. I was like, wait, where the fuck? Oh, okay. Well, what do you think of 2,000 I, Years? I, 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 gave track six. I gave track six and seven both sixes. Well, for track seven, I wrote down, okay, we've heard this one before. Like, it's a nice song, but this could be a miss. Five out of ten. Track eight is called Not Enough. This felt like if Lindsey Buckingham wrote a Sinatra song. It's a cool jam. A lot of layers and vocal effects. It's really fun. This is one I actually listened again to later. Another, I gave that one a seven. All right, for uh, what, song eight? Yeah. All right, for sure. Just making sure. I was like, wow, where did this song come from? I gave it a high seven out of ten. This had energy. There was a sick, busy acoustic riff in the background, and the song builds. 
It was kind of awesome. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. Now track nine. It's called You Stand By Me. It's a sweet song about companionship. It's really pleasant. It's only a minute and a half, so I can't really rate it all that high. But yeah, it's good. I gave it a six just because, you know, it was that damn wholesome. Dude, I can't remember how the song went because I didn't even put a rating for whatever goddamn reason. So I wrote down more <laughs> acoustic stuff, bro. Shit. I guess the Who was on an acoustic thing at this uh, after 24 years since the last record. At least it was short. I have no rating for it because I can't remember. I'll just say 6 out of 10, like you said. <laughs> okay, now we're at the mini opera. Yeah, we're at the mini opera. So at first, we're just sitting there and like, okay, maybe this is something that's like the songs are shorter. Maybe we could rate this thing as like all like all these songs bunched up together at once. But at the same time, I was like, it might seem shorter. But honestly, a lot of these songs definitely like, you know, stand apart from each other. So it was pretty easy to rate the song standalone. Not yeah. going to lie. Because when you asked me, I was like, I rated them standalone. And I'm sure if you listen to it, you're like, yeah, I could rate these songs standalone. Once I heard the once I got there, I'm like, yeah, you can. Because except for the last two songs on the record, they're all like minute, minute and a half. So first. So track 10 is called Sound Round. It's some upbeat rock and roll. It feels like it's written like I, I don't know the story. I know it's ba- because the Wikipedia page didn't have really have a synopsis. I just know it's based on one of Pete Townsend's books. Uh, but it's about I thought I wrote here. Is this about Roger, the singer, because it, the song's like about a dude in a camper van, which uh, which he lived in for quite a while. And I don't know. I thought the song might be about um, I don't know. It sounded like the song was being written from perspective of someone being like, yo, your band is super sick, you guys. I don't know. I, just, I ended up just giving it a six. So for song 10, yeah. I wrote down, damn, the who's playing fast? What? High, I was like, you know, I vibe high six out of 10. They had that speed. Yeah, I know. I was like, damn, the who's playing fast? Where, where did this come from? Track 11 is called Pick Up the Peace, but it's spelled like peace, brother. Uh, it's a throwback 60 song as I ever heard it. Um, I didn't write a lot for notes, but I ended up giving it a seven. I guess I liked it. Here's the thing. I vibe with it too. I was like, you know what? This was a pretty tight too. A six out of 10, but maybe it can go, go a high six too. Maybe. Maybe. Track 12 is called Unholy Trinity. It's a strut-tastic folky boy and had a really awesome percussion beat. Songs, uh, so far, so good. It's less of a seven, but I still gave it a seven. It was like a lower seven. I liked it. So, for song 12? Yeah. I was like, you know what? It was a folky. It was a very folky-like song, or I just wrote down a folky boy. to step it down. And you know what? I thought it was pretty tasteful for how it, like, because we came off two energetic songs. So, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a six out of ten. I was still good. I was still vibing. And now track 13 is called Trilby's Piano. The titular piano in the song was very nice, as well as the accompanying strings and vocals. It, it Honestly, it felt like a Disney song at moments. And you know what? That's pretty cool. So I gave you a six, a high six. For song 13, I yeah. wrote down now a melancholic piano boy with some violins. <laughs> They definitely brought in some extra instruments for this one. I'll give it a six out of ten. Oh, yeah, bro. This is because this isn't just a concept record. This is a mini opera. Oh, oh my god! It's an opera. Oh my god! Tell me again, what is it? It's a mini opera. Are you sure about that? It's a mini opera. I don't know if it's an opera. There. It's not a concept record. It's not a concept EP because part of this was actually released as an EP after the album came out. No, and sold separately actually. 
It's a mini opera. Uh, I guess it's a mini opera. So track 14 is actually the title track. It's called Endless Wire. And I just wrote here, suddenly we now have RPG shop music. I guess that's what I thought about the composition. Uh, it's good, though. I gave it a six. So Endless Wire, I thought was kind, was a little bit of filler, but was kind of tasteful for the story of this like mini EP. You know, I'll give it a light six out of ten. It's a little step down, but it's like, you know what? It's yeah. still thought it was good. Now, 15 was weird. This is called Fragments of Fragments. I thought the album on my Spotify, I thought I queued it up wrong and it skipped. But then I remembered, A, this was Spotify. It's not a CD, so it can't skip. And B, this is the first song, but it's like abridged and uh, abridged, and I don't know why. There's like a bunch of weird like pseudo. I wrote glitch effects. I know they're not glitch effects, but you know. Uh, it, it's I don't know I I ended up writing here I'm like wait are the first nine songs canon to the plot and then I realized wait a minute I don't know and I actually and I don't care that much uh, it was just weird I ended up giving it a six anyway because I'm like okay at least for mostly for creative but I didn't get the point of this one so for uh, song fifteen which yeah. uh, was right down lol. Did the record restart, lol? Hot. Actually, no. Actually, it's a revisit of the first song. And yeah, it gets boring for me. Five out of ten. Oof, what a fall. Yep. Two points. Mm-hmm. Track uh, 16 is We Got a Hit. Not much to say. Not sure what the song's about, but it's a minute and eight seconds, so whatever. I gave this one a five. So for song 16, it's like, let's come back with another beat guy. I'll give it a six out of ten. Coming off from that like uh, slow revisit. And then track uh, 17 is called They Make My Dream Come True. It's a minute 13 this time. Again, it's not around long enough for me to have much of an opinion. Like, it's fine. It's better than the last song, but it's there. It's still only a five for me. Um. Well, oh, yeah. So 17. Yeah. I just wrote down like, hey, uh, now a twangy quickie. Uh, I'll give it a light six out of ten. A twangy quickie. I like that. Yep. Track 18 is called Mirror Door. Uh, it intros with like a crowd cheering. If This song feels like the finale to something. It has a big sound feel. I wrote here, I don't know why, but Roger felt sounded extra old in this song. Oh, maybe it was getting very tired and withered by the end of this. Musically, parts of it kind of reminded me of '70s Rush in some ways, but it was a it was a fun it was a fine fun song. I was able to, but I liked it enough to bump it up to a seven. Damn, you must have enjoyed it. Sorry, I'm just like trying to pull up my notes. Uh, fucking damn it! Give me a second. All right, here I am. I wrote down for song 18, a song that you really like, seven out of ten. I wrote down that was a who song. If a who song could, if a who song could do a who song, six out of ten. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm like, if there was a song that was like. That oh, hey, this like... sounds like the band The Who. I guess The Who <laughs> did a song to sound like The Who. That That's what it felt like. It felt, it was one that's of those... how it felt like for me. Okay, I get you. Oh. Track 19 is called T and Theater. This feels like the credits to something. Very lo-fi. It's unlike anything they've had so far, at least on record. Not much to commentate on. I just liked it. I liked how intimate and small it sounded. The drum beat was good shit, and the acoustic tar was the shit. It's six. I gave it a six out of ten. It was very quiet, but a nice note to end on. Well, I wrote down uh, now a chiller, a very chill song to finish out the OVA opera epic. OVA. (laughs) I give it a light six out of ten. So tallying up the score out of a possible score of one hundred and ninety. 
which I think this makes it the mo- the album with the most tracks we reviewed, unless you know, unless you count Use Your Illusion as one big fat uh, record. Uh, this album got 118 out of out of 190. Oh, okay, I thought the album was all right. What what do you think of it overall? Here's the thing, like the album part itself, I could honestly you can miss it. It's like if you like the Who, sure, check it out. But the opera EP, I or the mini opera, I thought was way sicker than the rest of the record. It was honestly more fulfilling. Listen, yeah, we sit here and it's like six out of ten, six out of ten, six out of ten, five out of ten. But honestly, like if you like, you know, all the songs together and just listening to that last bit where it's just the mini opera, I would give that up to like an actual seven or eight out of ten. It was definitely. A, I feel like it was a more fulfilling listen and something actually if you want to like, you know, what, I kind of want to check this out. Go check out that the rest of the record. Honestly, you can miss it. Uh, there was like the one song where it was like, where the hell did this come from? But then, it, <laughs> but yeah, everything else. That is my opinion on this record. And now let me get a timestamp for the next bit. Yeah, our main event. I know the main event or fucking tough enough. Yeah, it was, in my opinion, a very mostly boring show this week with one major thing that happened that I actually cared about with some sporadic moments of irritation thrown in because you're not to be that guy, but it is a WWE product. Well, we're at the main event. Oh, yeah. give me, come on, give me a main event with enthusiasm. Don't make me do it. That's true. You always do. Give me some. All right, listeners. <clears throat> All right, listeners. Now it's time for the main event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bam, 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 bam. Those are air yeah. horns. Bam, bam. The, be- the best part of the show. Yeah, revisit of the main event. Most of the part that's actually advertised, the main event, well, you know, you could jump forward to them if you ever want to. Don't care. But sometimes we like talking about music. And maybe you just want to hang out and listen to us talk, which is totally, totally fine. So let me tell you what happened last time on Tough Enough. What happened last time on Dragon Ball Tough Enough? Well, we had more training and exercising. Luke and Big Rig are actually, you know, doing good. Like, you know, they're looking impressive and the show like shows that. And the trainers like we like Luke and Big Rig because I think they won the skills challenge and it was just left to them. Ivelisse and Eric were getting wrecked on the rope course. Remember that fucking like obstacle thing that basically Ivelisse is like, so I'm working with one leg and I got fucked up and I can't really do this one. And then Eric was, I'm big and clunky and uncoordinated and I just got tied up and I was stuck up here for supposedly two hours. <laughs> that's what they, that's what they said. So I think it was safe to say they got pretty wrecked by the friggin' uh, rope course. And then at elimination, it wasn't one, but two people got eliminated. Elite, <gasps> Elise had to be eliminated because yeah, I think uh, keeping you here is uh, kind of becoming inhumane, and we might not have an actual complaint. So sorry, Elise, you have to go. I hope this isn't crushing your dreams of becoming a WWE superstar. And then Eric. <laughs> Sorry, you're too out of shape for us, so you're done. And then in, also we go to Stokel's like, so yeah, they got eliminated, but AJ, you have the charisma, you have the you have a, the charisma of uh growing grass. grass. Yes. And or you just have negative charisma. You have anti-charisma. <laughs> it's not the anti-charisma where it becomes charismatic. No. Like Orange Cassidy. Yes. Also So last- basically, yeah. So AJ is like, you better step it up or you're kind of 
fucked my guy. You also was mi- like uh, Stone Cold says to him. There was also some epic rants last time on mostly my end, but you had some good ones. Well, too. I'm talking about was like on tough enough. I'm not oh, talking yeah, about yeah. Uh, like us. What am I supposed to for you? Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Just... Well, we had epic rants of, hey, fucking some dumb motherfuckers <laughs> when it comes to injury. And then it's like, say, yeah, tough it up. Look at Triple H. He had to tough it up for fucking. He tore his quad off the bone. And he had to like, you know. Do another 10 to 15 minutes. So how about you tough it up with your bum leg and, and do another 10 to 15 weeks, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking is like, I think the logic uh, doesn't work there, guy. But you know, it gets even more dumber as we get into the show. Oh. So either way, so after we got the fucking recap of last episode, Fuck. AJ does a walk of shame back to the pad. Yeah, he won, but he looks like he lost. Yeah, he looked like he had a bad... uh one night stand and now he's like just walk it back it's like what did i do it's like post nut clarity yeah except he's except it's not except it's just disappointment in himself yes yeah, so he's basically a walk of shame back and nothing but disappointment aj then tells the peeps that like yeah so eric and evilise are, are eliminated and they're like holy shit two people got eliminated well we're pretty fucked aren't we christina's stoked because now she's the only girl i think she even did that little like hand clappy thing yeah and aj says his goal now is to quote unquote bring it as hard as he can yep so he's preparing to not suck for the next day and lol edward sing the theme song (sighs) some people like to learn some Some people people wait their turn they want to hold you back, tell them pee off. Whatever they say, you can't take the off. seal off. I remember when they told me I wouldn't be, be famous. famous. I'm a dream and reality is simultaneous. simultaneous. I'm always pushing myself to the limit, making sure I stay okay. ahead. You made me who I am from the words that you said. Some people love to Who's fight. Like, uh huh. Some people give their lives. Uh huh. Some people don't believe, but uh-huh. I was born a champion. But I was born a champion. You gotta feel hungry in your tummy. <laughs> Damn, you're getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, I've you... got the dialogue, the lines now. Yeah, dude. Like the next two episodes, uh, like I think we're around the finale in like two ep- two or three episodes. I keep fucking forgetting that. This is only, I'm used to this shit being like 13 or whatever. This is 10 episodes. I know, it's going by fucking... Is that including a reunion show? No. Okay. No. Oh, shit. Okay, not, that yeah. I'm not, not that I know of. I mean, no lame ass reunion show. Thank God. Okay, so so, the next day, yeah, and we see Christina and Trish. I guess they were feeling artsy this week because after the intro, the camera it's calmly resting on a quiet stream. There are fish, um, fishing about, no, swimming about, fishing about the, and then Trish and Christina are doing yoga, and I wrote here. I guess the producers realized, hey. There's like three episodes of the show left, and Christina has like no character. And they're like, Trish, hang out with her for a minute. But not just hang out with her. Let me describe. So we see Please. the, you know, the calm, slow painting to outside. <laughs> we see uh, Christina and Trish are hanging out doing yoga. But legit, they're doing yoga on a piece of board in the middle of a lake in their mini lake. Yeah. Let's have them. Let's not have them just do yoga, you know, chilling in the gym. No, let's have them do yoga on the water. I'm like, <laughs> well, hey, this is all like they went fucking ham for this scene for whatever reason. Paints a picture, doesn't it? But either way, Christina, who has seems like she's kind of like she's like 
been like, she's tried to portray herself as calm. Kind of turns into anti-charisma. I'm like, you're kind of yeah. just there. But she legit is like, you know, I'm kind of feeling the pressure. And I feel like I have to keep putting on a, a suit of armor to like, you know, try to survive this challenge. Yeah, she's talking on about how much she wants it and how everyone underestimates her. And then she actually like starts to cry. He's like, oh, I was like, this moment's like, I could cry. And Trish was like, yeah, you need to do that. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you're just, uh, you're not, I don't know if she's really helping her situation. Just like, you're the last one standing. So you need to actually outperform out of everyone. You're not giving her hope, aren't you there, Trish? If anything, I feel like that'd be crushing her hopes. Yeah, let's crush her hopes on this fucking plank while doing yoga in the middle of the mini lake. And it's funny you mention that because... the fucking scenery? <laughs> and it's funny you mention that because, as we know, all reality shows are inherently run by heartless assholes. So, literally, this is... If you watch it, it happens just like this. Christina is talking. She's telling her... You know, she's like... Cause she's, this is the part where she's crying. She's like, I feel like people underestimate me and they only see this. She's talking. And literally, the show interrupts Christina with Trish Stratus's talking head talking about how while Christina is expositing, Trish is telling us how, yeah, I can see just how much she wants it. I can see that that drive and fire and passion. And it's like... <laughs> yeah. The, you know what it's like? The fire, it's like, drive, and passion. And then she feels she might be the last one standing and wins this competition. I wrote down, well, technically, she is the last lady standing, yeah. so... And I just think it's funny because, like, you know what it is? Trish needs Trish needs to tell us how proud she is of her because we can't let Christina get us on her side by herself. No, we can't let her try to develop a character or charisma. We need to have Trish Stratus tell her how great she is. And then literally as Christina starts to cry as she's crying, Trish Stratus says, I really love Christina's composure. Like, the show's five minutes in, and I hate it. I think she has too much composure where it doesn't really show much of herself off. She's like the opposite of, remember Lacey from Rock of Love, where, like, she'd be in heroin situations, she'd just have this blank stare. She's the opposite, where she's, like, smiling giggles through everything. Yep. So now we get this fucking generic Pantera local band sounding background music. As Christina says, she needs to take... Uh, she needs to take what she's learned and she needs to dial it up a million times. But we're still having her and Trish talking in the middle no, of the No, this is just like, a talking head as we get to Daily Well, training. now we get into the fucking generic local band D-tier Pantera yeah. sounding music that plays and the peeps are in the gym and what do you think they're doing? Working the fuck out. <sighs> yeah. Hey, do you like a show watching people doing exercising? Well, this is the fucking show for you. And it's not, they'll have moments. I swear, sometimes they use their talking heads in the wrong way. Because in scenes where people are talking to each other, they'll have talking heads put in. But in scenes like this, where they're working out and, hey, maybe we could have some talking heads to do something to break it up. So we're not literally just watching people do squats and push-ups. No, we got to have the... the Would you call them D-list Pantera ripoff? Yeah, I call them some fucking D-tier local band fucking Pantera knockoff shit. That's a mouthful. Damn right. Bill, uh, let's have that going and watch Martin do sick crunches, bro. Yeah, it's manly. Oh, my God, dude. Exercise. It's badass. Yeah, let's have him do crunches. Oh, my God. Do some squats. There's nothing more alpha than doing CrossFit in front of book in front of Bill DeMont. Oh, my God. That's my goal in life. I want to <laughs> do CrossFit exercises in front of you. G-Rection. AJ feels... Hey, correction. Am I doing my form correctly here? 
Do you mind giving me a spot? <laughs> no. Hey. It sounds like it sounds like you're trying to seduce him. So oh, I don't AJ, know. I feel like that's the goal of this fucking competition is oh, we'll, to seduce oh, him. Oh, we'll get there. Well, so either way, AJ talks about how he's got something to prove. Bill makes fun of Martin's beat up wrestling shoes, and Christina talks to Bill. He says he's proud of her, and she needs to watch out because she's going against five cats. That's how he describes the men in this competition. Five. I think he might have said hungry or ferocious, but either way, he said five cats. Basically, he summed it as I wrote down Christina and Rection talk as she is the last one of the women that's left. Then they do a kick out. Watch out with these cats, my brother. Then they do a kick out drill and it's just Luke lays down on the ground and then one by one they pin him and he kicks out. They do that for like five seconds. And then Papa Stone Cold arrives. Thank you. God, Stone Cold's here. Oh, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, you know, the show, the reason why we're here is like Stone Cold. Oh, yeah, he finally showed up. With the word of the week. Yeah, what is the word of the day slash week? Creativity. Huh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he says creativity. <laughs> he says creativity pertains to the execution of moves in the ring with technique and safety. The way you put your personal flair and pizzazz on it, that'll help you go far in this business. Time out. We established over six weeks. Seven, actually. They wanted the most generic, do the moves by the numbers shit. Stick to the script. Do not improvise. And quote unquote, don't put their own spin on things. I swear that was a direct quote. But now all of a sudden they want them to put their own spin on it and put their personal flair and pizzazz on it. I'm like, what the fuck? So the first move they try to make them do is a fireman's carry. Yes. Hey, not, not even. Well, a here's the thing. Let me tell you. I want to tell you when they're like talking about like the word of the day. Oh, sure. And when they're talking about creativity, we just get a random highlight clip of just oh, Stone Cold whipping ass. Of just basically doing, not just whipping ass, just doing Stone Cold stunners. Yeah, it was only stunners. You're right. Yeah, well, let me show you creativity. It was like, uh, creativity is like, yeah, obviously one of the great stunners and one of the worst stunners. You had the yeah. first stunner on Vince McMahon, which is one of the worst stunners. And then you had the Santino Morello stunner where he just jumps in the air and he just salutes and just like falls like straight down like a fucking statue. I said for years that Scott Hall taking the stunner was the best one because it was simple. He took the stunner and he leaped 19 feet in the air. Basically. I think Austin Theory beat him, though. He might have. So he took the best. Okay, anyway. He took definitely one of the most <laughs> over-exaggerated ones. That's which what then, you gotta do. It's fucking so cool. And then which then led to one of the fucking scariest and worst ones. I thought Vince... And to be fair, as you and Lance Storm pointed out on Twitter, and I think Brian Alvarez, Vince always took the stunner wrong. I think everyone forgot that. Yes. Okay. People <laughs> like legit forget or just don't know. Both, probably. Damn right. So... Yeah, they have him start with a fireman's carry. Not even a standing one like John Cena's FU, but like a like an actual one, quote unquote. You know, where you're supposed to be on your knees and you toss them over. Yeah, put your flair on that, fucko. Yeah, put a flair on that. I'll, here's the thing. I don't know what much else with the like actual like skills or what they're doing. I just wrote that one the, like actual note. The, the thing's the actual note is that AJ's trying to do a, the spot, but AJ is stiff like a mannequin. And Stone Cold yells at him, Timid. 
He so, just does that. So after AJ has been told he has the charisma of grass growing, uh, yeah, he has not improved the next day. He basically, he didn't call him a bitch, but Stone Cold called him a bitch. Booker asks him, why are you so timid, man? Then there's a talking head. And then Booker very aggressively just says, get the fuck out of the ring. Booker's a scary man. Yeah, Booker is a scary man, but he's also kind of a dumb fucking man. <laughs> I'd like to think this show is not representative of Booker T's true intelligence. I hope the God not, because the show has not done him any favors at <laughs> all. Hasn't. So you know, and I forgot to bring up last week how you know Booker T would always let would lambast people for like their or like two or three weeks ago when he was lambasting like Ryan for his indie stuff and how you know they were like oh goofy and gimmicks and that and I and I remembered today before the show I'm like wait a minute Booker T's also a hypocrite has anyone ever seen anything Booker T's literally ever done in the ring ever half his whole thing is being goofy and crazy but he's good at it. Did he forget he was King Booker at the time the show came out, like four years ago? He might have. So they're praising. The show, as I said, the show does not do Booker T any favors. So now they're praising Christina for her maneuvers. Like they're giving her more praise than anyone else. Like if you notice, then they go, they get after Big Rig for being unsafe. You're like, hey, you're thinking like an MMA guy right now. Hey, you're doing too much the MMA thing. Whereas like, you know, like, you know, him actually like doing like actual fighting sequence moves. Yeah. Which is what MMA is. Yeah. It's like, I'm sitting there as like Big Rig is being roasted for being an MMA guy <laughs> and uh, making the Spocks look a little realistic. Well, or just like, he's just, here's the thing. He's just not following through with them. Yeah. He keeps forgetting to follow through because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to counter. And I'm like trying to fight a man. Yeah. Which I'm like, you know, this thing's supposed to be pretend fighting. Yeah. You have to make it look good. Make it look, you know, real for the entertainment. But, you know, so training's going on and they're working on getting thrown out of the ring. The only uh, I made a joke here. I'm like, yeah, they're learning how to get thrown out of the ring for the commercial break. And I wrote here, Andy sucks at getting thrown out of the ring, but they blame it on Martin, I think. And then Booker T demonstrates how to throw someone properly out of the ring. He starts off pretty mellow, right? He takes Martin's arm. He's like, so if I'm going to throw him out of the ring, I'm going to do this, right? And he's twisting. Then his eyes bug out, and he looks like a war vet that's lost in a flashback. He kicks Martin right in the gut and throws him out. He's like, ooh. And just like that, I was less disappointed in Booker T. That yeah. was funny. And I'm like, Sinner is like, oh, wow. Hey, Booker knows how to work. It's not yeah. like, hey, let's get these random nerds. And then Booker is like, all right, so this is like, how, like here, let me show you like how to actually like wrestle for a quick second. <laughs> let me show let you me how to wrestle. Let me show you to do this pro wrestling thing. It's like, wow, yeah. Booker looked great. He still looks, he still sounds like, he still makes himself kind of a fucking idiot, but. And I wrote here, AJ, they're telling a narrative that AJ sucks at throwing out Jeremiah, whose arm gets tangled in the ropes uh, as he gets thrown out one time. I think the person that has to go over the ropes is more on them than the guy doing the Irish whip. Obviously, he should be with them and make it look like he's throwing them out. But yeah, because honestly, even when you're even when big guys are throwing the little guys, they're not really throwing them over the ring. They're just pushing them. And then Austin says he's disappointed in everybody during this daily training. He says it's been horrendous. Oh, we totally forgot that friggin' Andy did a one with Luke, and Luke just straight up lawn darted out of the ring and landed on his fucking dome. Oh, I thought I wrote that. Damn. Shit. Yeah, and, that happened. And then fucking, yeah, Andy just gets freaking like, he gets freaking chewed the fuck out. Yeah. And then after the training, Stokel's like, it was a bad day. 
all you guys kind of fucking sucked. It's been horrendous. And he says in a talking head, when asked to be creative, he thinks they froze. And with all due respect, with all due respect to Stone, I think might be the greatest WWE guy of all time. I immediately thought to myself as soon as he, as soon as he said that they froze when they had to get creative, I thought to myself, "You motherfucker! Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've had and listened to Bill yell at these poor bastards to literally not do that, but they're horrendous and froze up." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" It gets worse though. Yes, Trish says, Trish Stratus says, creativity is very important in this business. And today, they were creatively being dead asses. I'm like, you goddamn dicks. This is entirely your fault. Yep. Watching the show as someone capable of simplistic deductive thought and reasoning... This is all their fault. But oh, oh yeah, no, no. But they, no, they weren't the creative ones. They were being dead asses. Yeah, I think how they've been training them has uh, kind of set them up to fail on this. That thing. might have been the dumbest thing Stone Cold has said. Now, granted, that's only like two or three things he said where I'm like, that's really stupid. Here's that's a, pretty good. Booker, the, Bill, and Trish are on like 40. Yeah. They're on, uh, yeah, they're past 10. <laughs> Stone Cold, like, this might have been the third dumbest thing he said. This show pretty almost, almost ruined how much I like Booker T. Stone Cold's still good, though. Yes. <sighs> so, so, this is the part where Luke takes the stiff forearm. Oh, shit, really? This it is- was, I thought, yeah, it was after that. Where he took the fucking giant ass He took arm. a stiff forearm and then thrown out of the ring. He lands, like, right on his face, it looks like. Well, then he got, and then Andy got roasted for being stiff. But then, yeah, yeah, after the training, it was like, yeah, it was a bad day. Well, today they told him to. I just wrote down, yeah, because after the training, it was a bad day. Bill, uh, we line, could, like we can see the narrative was yeah. this was not a good day. Bill lines everyone up and says, "I feel like today you wasted my time and your time." Booker says, "I think they lost focus." Steve says, "Hey," Steve literally says to summarize what he says, "Hey." We all have bad days at the office. Now, fuck off. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but that was his intent. That was basically what he said. So now we cut to Andy, who has a kid, I suppose. Yeah, no. He Andy gets a video from his email, and it's a video of his daughter. And he's like, man, I'm bum. I want to keep with my daughter. And then he calls his wife, and he goes, hey, thanks for saying that video. That uh, put me in a good mood. I had a hard day. I had a very hard day at the office. I had an erection yelling at me. I accidentally uh, fucking threw a guy over and he lawn darted straight on his face. Could you imagine saying that to a normal person? Yeah, I had like, oh, Edward, how was how was work today? Oh, you know, my boss kind of yelled at my, uh, my boss kind of yelled at me and then an erection got in my face and screamed at me. And then I had I, I got a paper cut on a book. It's like, what was that? What was that? What was that first part? My boss yelled at me. Yeah, my uh, boss, Uncle Steve Austin, yelled at me. But, you know, he's like, you know, what? I'm in a good mood. It's a rough day, but, you know, I'm here because I have a wife and child. Yeah. I have responsibilities. So I don't know if it was either the next day or later that day. Uh, let's just say later that day. Sure. We see Trish Stratus. And rolling up to the house. Is a Hummer limo. And I was in ro- the limo. I was right down. Yep. Trish has a Hummer limo roll up with some trouble. And... To help these people learn how to be creative. Yeah, so I brought some people to help them be creative. Creative. Yeah, what's up? Let's think of that word. Creative. Creative. She decided to invite 
Bree and Nikki Bella, <laughs> Kelly Kelly, and E fucking Torres. What? Here's the thing. The Bella twins, I can you can maybe say they're creative. Are I don't we, even think Kelly Kelly I don't even think Kelly Kelly and E Torres sucked that much. I think Kelly Kelly was like the embodiment of a okay female wrestler. I e. think, Torres, I think though, you just said that because you and your you and your dad met her after a live event one time. Hey, shut up! She was really nice. You say that with every time you meet like a wrestler, and you like you no, know. No, but she what? was They're like actually friend. nice. No, she comes off pretty. I've cool. only met really a few wrestlers. It was her, Matt Hardy, and a couple other guys, but they were actually nice. I can Fuck, tell you him, met Matt Hardy. Yeah, it was. At, uh, we saw a house show in Fresno, and. Uh, Get get check this ride along. He was putting gas actually at a gas station not too far from my grandparents' house. So you just, <sighs> just no. My in? dad noticed. My dad. I was too scared to approach him. He's like, oh my. but my dad's like, hey, it's Matt Hardy. Go say hi. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. He looks busy because he's putting gas. I'm like twelve, and he's like, go. He didn't say this, but he's basically like, get the fuck out of the car and go say hi to Matt Hardy. And Matt Hardy was really nice. He signed my ticket. And uh, in the car was Bobby Lashley and Gregory Helms. That sounds like a crew. That sounds like a crew. No, no, no. That sounded like a squad. That that definitely sounded like a squad. You know, I know Matt has his troubles, and then there, there's a lot of people that actually... That's, uh, Jeff has troubles. No, Jeff has troubles. There's a lot of people, though, because Matt had a lot of up and downs before the Broken Matt yeah. thing. I remember when he, like teased suicide on Twitter once before that mm. and uh, there's there's a lot of people that believe that Matt is the part of there is an instigator and enabler for some of Jeff's problems mm. but you know what he was really mm. nice he was really nice he, it does sound he like has it. a southern I always forget he kind of has a southern twang to his voice he does Jeff sort of doesn't but yeah Are the Bella sure, man? but yeah the Bellas Kelly Kelly gonna delete them so yeah, the Bella Twins, Kelly Kelly, and Eve Torres. Kelly Kelly, who was probably one of the most, one of the most like generic their wrestlers of that era. Eve Torres, who have you ever met anyone that had a compliment for Eve Torres? Here's the thing: when Eve Torres, Ambassador Eve Torres. Yeah, here's the thing about Eve Torres: like she is a great humanitarian away from WWE, but when she was performer and on the show, I recall. She kind of fucking sucked. She was the first three-time Divas champion. I was not watching. Uh, I was not watching <laughs> WWE at the time. There was a lot I missed, and Eve Torres was there. All I remember of Eve Torres was she was part of like the burial of Zack Ryder. Yep, she was there for the. All right, hey Cena, free your hate. And literally, Kane tra- was she like have- his pseudo love interest at the L- time. Yeah, she was like the pseudo love interest of Zack Ryder. This is literally yeah, that's it. right. Yes, because Zack Ryder got injured by Kane, and then Cena cucked him. Yeah, no. Here's the thing: because like Kane tried to kidnap Eve Torres, but Cena came into the rescue, and then Eve Torres laid a fat smacking smooch straight on the fucking square dome. Yeah, of uh, John Cena, and that. then the camera yeah, pans cool. over to a fucking Zack Ryder with a neck brace in a wheelchair with flowers and with a <laughs> face of heartbreak and distraught that his good friend Super Cena, Superman John Cena, just straight up stole his girl. This was not a good. That was not a good storyline. I'm going to be honest. WWE's made some really questionable decisions, like yep. in the last, let's just say, six or seven years, while they've had some good stuff. I'm telling you, right, goddamn, now that was 
2008 through 2000, I'll even say through 2012, past the punk thing and towards the rival of The Shield and Wyatt's. They made so many bad decisions. And they fucking hated Zack Ryder for Yeah. They fucking hated him. WWE has made so many bad decisions that they literally need to, would need to they would need to have perfect shows, Raws and Smackdowns and pay-per-views for the next 10 years straight before people have faith in before uh not diehards have faith in that company again. They fucked up so bad. And they always had spotty track records with stuff, but that period of like that drought of like 2007 to like 2011 and 12, where the only things worth watching were Cena, Punk, and The Undertaker WrestleMania match, if we're being honest. Yeah. It, there was nothing. Oh, yeah. So we have to talk about the WWE Divas. The Bellas, Kelly Kelly, and Eve Torres show up to talk to them about creativity. Here's the thing. We also didn't see a highlight reel of them trying to make these women look good. And they made Stone Cold Steve Austin using his using his good name to put them over. He says, there's a million beautiful women out there, but only a select few can become a WWE diva. You literally said in the same monotone voice, he just delivered it. Like, literally, he was just, like, reading off a fucking line. In a... Oh, dude, it was pretty bad for some of these, but this was the worst part. I'm going to try to recreate it. In addition to grace and athleticism, these ladies need charisma and creativity to make their characters leap off the screen. Oh, my God. (laughs) Kelly Kelly, Eve, and the Bella Twins sum up all these qualities perfectly. Not these Bella Twins. Obviously, total Bell, like total Divas Bella Twins definitely helped them that aspect. But here's the thing. This is when they're like the twin twins. Yeah, you yeah. Can honest- twin magic. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, twin magic. You can honestly uh, couldn't tell them apart. Yeah, yeah. But then one decided to lift weights with John Cena and get a bigger boot and get bigger boobs. Very, very bigger. Yes. Not as big as Charlotte, maybe. Oh no, dude! There was one point where Charlotte had like these insane fucking titties. <laughs> like, like obviously now she's desized. Yeah, yeah, she did. But there was a period where I was like, "Oh my god, those just look like a hazard." Yeah. So can I just for emphasis? In addition to grace and athleticism, these ladies need charisma and creativity to make their characters leap off the screen. Kelly, Kelly, even the Bella Twins sum all of these qualities up perfectly. And I wrote here in all caps, I don't care if this was him literally reading off a cue card. Stone Cold, you're a fucking liar. James, I want you to know I had to rewind that part for notes because when it happened the first time, my mouth was agape. My phone slipped out of my hand. Wait, what are you talking about with these? Uh, late- the promo package. You're like, oh. My mouth was agape when I saw them walk out of the limo. My phone slipped out of my hand. And all I could think of was horse shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't think these women are um, are the worst they could have picked for the time period. Maybe. I don't know. So I, they can't, go I can't say if they were the best. But either way, either way Trish brings them into the house. They go upstairs to meet everybody, and coincidentally enough, oh, oh, coincidentally enough, the serendipitous nature of our world, Luke and Big Rig are seen walking out of the shower. What were Luke's, they doing together in the shower? Luke's reaction, Luke came off like such a geek when these women were around. The first thing he does when he sees them, he literally, you, you people can't see me, James can. He was literally like, oh, 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 wow, uh, uh, Oh, oh my God! Uh, there was he like he did that. He did that like Looney Tunes bullshit. He's like, oh my God! There's like Kelly Kelly. She's like 
like a super babe. Kelly Kelly's like the woman to be in this company. Oh, oh my god. And he's just like sitting there like, oh, I'm in my towel. What, oh, what drop of my towel? My schlong's out for these women to laugh at. Big <laughs> to laugh at? Hell no. Big Rick looks like his brain broke. Oh, dude, Big Rick was just like, oh, God damn. Yeah, well, hey, am I here to learn to wrestle or am I here to seduce these women? <laughs> he was probably getting Daisy a love flashbacks. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I think I might pick these ladies over Daisy. You know, that's a good yeah. question. That's a good question. You know what? I don't feel like these women are going to fucking kill me with those fucking pancakes that Daisy made. The Bellas are a unique case because they were so bland, but they still had identifiable personalities. Yes. I think they just had shit material. Well, it was just, no, like this time period, those Bellas or whatever. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, Total yeah. Divas kind of make them, like, dude, oh, yeah. they ran that fucking show. No, they did. There's they, a reason they got a spinoff. Damn fucking straight. Yes. <laughs> they legit got a spinoff. They were the show. Yes. Oh uh, man, and and then, yeah, I know everyone always remembers. Uh, I wish you died in the womb, but like, uh, I don't think that should define their whole career. Either way, I don't know how much longer we can have like fucking shirtless, well, fucking new, straight out of the shower, Luke and Big Rig. For whatever reason, why they were in the shower together? That together, I will allow you to make your own assumptions or uh, make your own stories there. Why these gentlemen were there, and then like. Let's have them magically walk out. It's like, hey, let's have these uh, hot WWE divas in their freaking clubbing gowns go. Oh my very, god! Very, very short dresses. It's like, by the oh way. my god! There's like almost naked men in front of us right yeah, now. Yeah, one of the bells. And Big Rick's is like, yeah, yeah. One of the one of the bells was like, we saw some booty shaking, like how we do on TV, but not as good. But it was nice to see men in towels. <laughs> so now they're drinking. Martin and AJ yep, no, straight to, yeah, no, now to the bar. Martin and AJ show up in looking like a couple of Mormons. <laughs> hey, dude, they got, they're getting ready to go out in club. <laughs> Christina is stoked to talk is literally to is stoked to talk to females. She's like going there is like so everyone every female that was here kind of fucking hated me, so I'm kind of left on my own. Can you guys get, can you guys be my friends? And then they walk outside to the limo and the homie big rig is 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 in front of everybody with a bell on each arm. I'm like, "You go king." And yeah. then a, and but, then a, and yeah, a, big rig's got some total chat energy. And it is talking head. He's like, "I had a bell and twin in each hand like I was leading them to the promised land." I don't know what the fuck that even means, but I'm like, you go. Yep. So they're on the road to Ma's Buddha Lounge, a place that looks like what I could only summarize as it looks like an authentic experience to tourists. Like it's it, really expensive. Either way, they look like they're having a chill dinner. Like honestly, and then like they're. Lo- Let me rephrase this. Sure. I kind of doubt myself tongue twisted. They look like they're having a chill dinner, and Big Red suggests let's have some drinks. And Andy politely declines. Mm-hmm. And then Nikki Bella becomes a mild punisher and asks, but why? And he literally, and he responds to her and he says, he promised his wife and daughter and he's here to work. And she's like, that's cool. That's cool. But Luke. Uh, but Luke's just like, yo, but come on, like, my idol's Ric Flair. That don't work on the road. He says, Big Andy, he says, Big Andy, keep Big doing the right keep doing the right thing because you made a promise to your wife. That's made how he a says promise to your but wife. But he still has that weird stoic expression, even when he makes the funny voice. 
uh, guess what? I'm single. I'm going to be on the road living the life, being a rock star. Being a rock star. And be the biggest WWE superstar. And then this is a. And at the same time, while he's doing this, he gets a kiss from, I think, Eve. And he does this. He goes, Oh, my Lanta. I'm just like, What a stupid. I'm like, What a stupid asshole. There was one scene I, I wrote here because um, I just thought it was cute. AJ is fed chicken by Kelly Kelly. Aww. And straight up, he has like the most cute boy smile. He was so happy. Bro, I'd be stoked. He was so hey, happy be, and content to be fed chicken from hey, this woman. I would be stoked and content too if Kelly Kelly was feeding me chicken. Oh, man. So Ambassador Eve is talking to Big Rick. Yeah, no, she's like straight up an ambassador for WWE, by the way. She's like... She's still with WWE? Uh, she can't, yeah, from like since like 2017, she's been an ambassador for their company. Yeah, I don't know what she does, but she's an ambassador. So, yeah, Ambassador Eve is talking to Big Rig and she's like, What'd you do in, you know, while you were in Missouri? He's like, Fight. Great response there, Big Rig. Christine is talking to Kelly about having off days. And Kelly's like, I really like Christina. She has potential. Keep in mind, Kelly Kelly's like a five-year vet at this point. Hey, let me tell you this. I I wrote down Kelly tells Christina that everyone has off days and it's okay. And then I'm sitting there going, this might be the legit. I think like Kelly talks <laughs> legit. And I think this is the most I've ever heard her speak <laughs> in ever of her career. I'll be completely honest. I don't really remember what her voice sounded like before I watched this. Bro, I, I remember what she looked like. I never knew what her voice sounded like. And I was sitting there like, dude, this had been the most speaking she's ever done. <laughs> she 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 went out. She had some uh, maybe the most okay matches in WWE history. And you know what? She had a nice smile. She smiled a lot. And so she then, says she's been doing this for five years and is still learning. <laughs> Fuck, I wonder why. I think the logic she was going for, like how if Cena was talking about how, like, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and, you know, I feel like I learned something new every day. It's meant to be kind of nuanced about the business. But with, like, Kelly Kelly, she might have legit been learning more every day. She might have been a little slow learner, not going to lie. There are are women in this world or people, just straight or just straight people. There's your Kelly Kellys that are wrestling subpar with five years experience and then there's people like the Roxanne Perez, a.k.a. the former <laughs> Roxy, who is the best worker on all of NXT 2.0. I will agree with that. Yep. By like a lot. She, and like she has to work with like these women that has like work that has done like under 20 matches. Yeah. That's kind of sadistic if you think about it with NXT. They're like, hey, you, hey, you it's, know, like, it's like, hey, you've also, done basic training for two weeks. Go out on TV with this gimmick, asshole. Hey, oh, and also it's like freaking Roxanne Perez or the former Roxy. You know who trained her? Booker T. So he is a good trainer. I believe he's a good trainer. He, he also he just trained- made himself combo a fucking dumbass on the show. So then I believe it's Nikki Bella is talking to AJ and yep. she asks him about the prior bottom three because he was in it. She asks him, where is she? Where do you think you're struggling? And he says, I just feel like I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around what the trainers want. I'm like, that's where you're struggling. I think AJ, I just wrote down AJ has Nikki tell him to be more charismatic. Lol. That's what I was going to say. Of all people, Nikki or Brie Bella, whichever one, you know. She goes, it's, yeah, you know, it's not just about the moves. 
a Bella twin is giving someone advice on how to create a compelling television character. Yeah, I know. Bella Twin's telling him to be charismatic, except in a way more polite fashion than I have that I would write slash say. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, one of the Bella Twins just slaps Big Rig. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> but then Luke looks like a kid at Disneyland for the first time. He's like, oh my god, I won't get simul- slapped by a hot lady who simultaneously snorted a line of coke. He's so stoked. He's like, oh, do it again, do it again. Big Rig is slapped again. Ha <laughs> ha. I love it. Then he then he jumps up from the chair and he goes, and I swear to God, I'm not making this up. He goes, can you do me next? That's how he says it. Homie, calm down. Who the fuck is this guy? Why is Big Rick friends with him? <laughs> you know what? Big Rick must have a heart of a saint. You know what? He's gotta. He really does. Because Luke is fuck f- would want to hang out with Luke. He is fucking lame. Now, Big Ring, though, he's pretty entertaining. Oh, I'd be marking out, too, if he was getting slapped by Bellows, but I wouldn't be jumping. I'm like, oh, my God, please slap me next in this weird, horny, pent-up fashion that Luke ran over. So he gets so he gets slapped, and he's stoked. Then Luke and Big Rig start slapping each other like it's a New Japan match, and then they do a two-sweet. Did you see that? They're, like, two-sweeted. I don't have that in my notes. No, I, I didn't catch that. So yeah, I was trying to hammer through these pretty quick, not going to lie. So that's the dinner date. Either way, like literally the dinner date, the rest of the night was honestly a good vibe. Like I could generally sit there like they're munching, enjoying drinks. I'm like, you know what? I like this. This is a positive vibe. I honestly wouldn't mind hanging out there. This sure. seemed like a good, chill, fun time. Sure, sure. Can I ask you something, though? Yes, what? The divas showed up. Yes. They drank. Yes. They went to dinner. Yes. What the fuck did this have to do with creativity? I don't think this was like specifically towards creativity because the weird knockoff challenge is next. This was a, I would state that the show for story purposes, Trish is like, you know what? These people are having a bad day because now they're learning how to actually, now they have to like try to work. Hey, you know what? Let me bring some fun divas over. Let's have a good time. You see, you're right, but I feel that's like, like I, obviously I wouldn't say this is specifically for creativity. Now, why Stone Cold says like, oh yeah, no, no one's more creative than a WWE diva. These women sum up the qualities of a WWE diva perfectly. Stone Cold said, completely enthused. Yeah, I think the purpose of them was like, you know what? Hey, let's have these lovely, beautiful women come up and like, hey, what's up? Let's bring these dudes and Christina. Have a good time. You know, Christina gets moral support. And like, you know what? That's a good story. to That's a good uh, story development right there. Since Christina's the last one, she doesn't have a lady to feud with. So now she's the last one standing. But like this fucking show is like, you know what? We like the show's like, we like you, Christina. (laughs) And then obviously the show really likes Christina. And then obviously and then we just watch Luca and Big Rig like be goofy guys. Except one's cool yeah. and one one comes <laughs> off one actually comes off cool, and the other one comes off lame trying to be cool. Yeah. Oh. All right, fine. I guess I hate it a little less. It's just to me the show felt like it I was painting good, it in the view. No, I think you, you know. just liked how I described it. Yeah. I'm sure watching it, you're like, "This is lame." <laughs> when I watched it, I'm like, "This is lame." But Don't then get me wrong, I I'd hang out with those divas. They seem like cool people. They're like, no, just like I would just hang out with the whole crew that was right there. Yeah, that food. looked like a fun night. Yeah. Like I, like, I don't know what much I could do if it was just solo me and all those divas. No, I would like, you know, I need the Andy. I need it. I need yeah, AJ. Yeah, 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 I need yeah, the yeah. Martin. And I could miss like we I don't need a Luke. But even then, sometimes even a Luke there can make a fun night. Who's our Luke, Dylan? Now, he doesn't try to be cool. No, 
Oh no. So next day they go somewhere and I'm and I wrote here, wait, what the fuck is that? THQ? Yeah. Why yes, pa- why yes, past Edward, it is. You see, we are at THQ Game Studio, which was a cornerstone of a good amount of millennials' childhoods. Yep. Stone Cold says they make the coolest games around. I'm like, sure, Stone Cold. I bet you know what a video game is. He literally said that with no conviction in his voice. We're here, T- we're here, THQ. They make the coolest games around. He says it some way like that. And they're going to create their own virtual personas, i.e. WWE superstars. I like this whole episode. Stone Cold has just came in and he's having AJ level of like conviction. Yeah, he charisma. just sounds like he doesn't care. Yes. Because Stone Cold's not <laughs> going to fake hilarious. it. <laughs> Could you imagine Stokehold trying to fake this? All right, you guys, we're at THQ. They make the coolest games around. No, that'd just be freaky. Yeah, no. <laughs> By the way, they, they, you know, the, you remember those old bits from old Raw where it'd be like, the following program is paid for by the following. Yeah, this is that segment because they're in the newest release game at the time, which was called WWE Superstars. It was like a really cartoony video like game Superstar version. Or like, yeah, it was like um, WWE All-Stars, I think. Yeah. Whereas like, they've had like the games to try to be more realistic. This one, they went the arcadey cartoony route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like when, like when John Cena does an F you, he jumps like 18 stories in the air to do it. <laughs> And now they're going to create their own character in the video game. I'm like, is this just advertisement for their fucking video game? Bro, basically. Stone Cold. Oh, here's the thing. Didn't that game fucking fail too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then like, what was it? Just no one played it? I thought it? it only released on like the Wii or something. Oh my God. Did like no one play it? Nope. They were they were using Xbox controllers. <laughs> they were. That was the weird thing. Okay. So, you know, you're right. You're right. It didn't do well. The only rest WWE games that ever really like, did thing, well was the were game, the well, like did, was the game mechanics total doggy do or was it just like no one wanted to play the game? I think it was most. It might have been both, but Bro, I'm sure it was mostly. Here's the, the thing: they were like kept on trying to chase the awesomeness that was fucking SmackDown versus Raw 2007. That game was so good. It's the best one. I don't give a shit what Jake says. I don't get the new mechanics of all these games, all the complicated moves. It's like, bro, 2007 was great because it was it was simple. Circle is it's like press circle to pin. Press circle to throw. Press square to punch. Move left stick and right way to do different punch. Yes. It was simple and easy. Yeah. To ca- I got all this complicated bullshit. Well, it's like complicated bullshit, but then you're just like, all right, you for you to counter any like grapple punch or any move, you just use one trigger. Yeah, I miss I miss the R- L2 and R2 buttons because yeah. there was an element of strategy to it. Yeah, there was like a specificness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would... Well, I'm not going to watch. We're talking a lot about video games this episode, aren't we? It's the show's fault because someone somewhere was like, hey, you know what would be great? Let's promote our let's promote our subpar video game. Yeah. See, as I said, I don't know if the mechanics were trash or just the game was trash or just use like health bars and shit, too. Yeah, I think about that game, too. I think it was just like no one wanted to play like a arcade arcade game. Yeah, I think we really enjoyed our realistic style WWE games. So Stone Cold tries to like half-ass tie this together into talking about his own creativity, which you need in WWE. And he says, after six months of Ringmaster, I said, this sucks. So I so I created Stone Cold Steve Austin. It was my idea and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, in my opinion, I'm like, they're so lazy and star for ideas. They're just like, just have them play a fucking video game. Yeah, they literally sit there like, all right, you're going to hang out with an engineer today and create your own character. I was like, wait, what? Are they actually gonna make a dude code the a character? Nope. No, it's custom character. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's going to have you go? now introducing? Yeah, what's going the player? Yeah, what's happening? Go into the fucking create a character. They're so desperate. They had they had an extended cameo from vacant. 
<laughs> so Big Rig's character is literally just a dude in his underwear. Martin's, I could only describe. He's like Big Rig's. Like I'm gonna make me, but I'm gonna be in my undies. Martin, Are you an MMA fighter or a stripper, Big Rig? Because you're kind of like. I am convinced he could. He could. He probably could have done both equally. I convinced that he does MMA fights and he wants to be an MMA fighter. But if he had to, he could strip. But I don't I think I think he I think he's a Vegas stripper. Martin's character looked like what I can only describe as if Ultimate Warrior only did leg day because he said he gave himself small trunks and big legs. And that's for the ladies. Oh, God. Like, here's the thing. They made all. Here's the thing. I don't believe anyone makes good characters of themselves no we all make cringy that's why characters. i don't like whenever i boot up mass effect i just use i just use the default shepherd skin anything else just looks weird and bad yep luke's character on it because they only show us those two and then luke luke's character i thought just kind of looked like evan born when it started huh. so i wrote here they then go to a boardroom with steve austin and now their characters are gonna fight hey let's make them play the video game First is Jeremiah and Christina, a.k.a. The Natural versus Michaela. Michaela. So I can sum up this fight in three in two sentences. Natural kicks Michaela in the face and then he gives her a drop kick. I'm like, wow, Christina sucks at video games. By the way. Oh, yeah. I don't think these people came in like, hey, let's make you guys play video games. I think they came in going, I think we're going to exercise a lot and we might have to do this pro wrestling thing. Yeah. They didn't come and go, I guess we have to play video games now. The most dumb, surreal, stupid bullshit is watching Stone Cold give commentary and try to look enthusiastic about playing video games. He's like, hey, gotcha. It's like, Stone Cold, please. I don't think you've ever held a... I don't even know if he knows what a PlayStation is. Yeah. This isn't doing any stuff. Christina any sucks favors. at video games. This is what's oh, happened. Yeah, yeah. I think they all suck at video games. Next is a is Luke versus AJ, aka Legend versus Jackson Crash. So AJ's like, so I might have the charisma of growing grass, but I'm gonna make a character and he's gonna be a demonic metalhead. A demonic metalhead. Wow, what was your reaction to that part? Uh, I wrote down AJ makes a cringy metalhead, bro. <laughs> God, Luke says it was horrible. Like no, literally, his creative character looks like fucking skid marks now. <laughs> the bandana. It was mostly just because of the bandana. Luke says his character is a rock star. He's really obsessed with that term. He's he a said rock it in another star. episodes too. He's a rock star, and he named this character Legend because he's a future legend. In the making. In the making. They How don't really it, show who won. They kind of just, okay, here's footage. All right, who's the next match out of the six people? Martin versus Andy, a.k.a. A.k.a. Better Than You versus... Better Than You. Versus Silent Rage. Silent Rage. Fuck, dude. The Andy was, like, pretty fucking cringy. James, James, James. Silent Rage. I'm going to sit there. <laughs> My guy right here, he's going to wrestle, but he's going to silent, but he's gonna, but he has a rage. He has an eternal fire under him, but he's a silent rager. He's going to punch you very quietly. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Silent it, rage, James. Who comes up with that? I can tell you this fucking child. He's like 30 in this. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a middle school came up with that name. He's a fucking dad, bro. 
Yeah, that's fair. He has brought a child into this world, and he's naming his character Silent Rage. And Andy says, because rage is a fire. It's passion. Fire. Passion. That was worse than Jackson Crash, because Jackson Crash was spelled like J-A-X-O-N-K-R-A-S-H. And I thought Martin sucked because it's literally better than you. The letter U, one word. But no, nah, silent rage. I couldn't. Well, here's the thing. There's actually a technically a winner in this challenge. Yeah, it's Luke because the, they asked the freaking CEO of THQ and he said he thought Luke had the best outing because his felt the most, I don't know, natural or the most believable or something. The and most I'm, marketable. And Luke's like, yeah, they pick my character because I would be the most marketable. Yeah. I'm sitting is like, all these fucking characters were pretty fucking trash. And I'm like, this win means nothing. <laughs> No one wins this challenge. They all fail. We lost by yeah. having to watch this. Yeah, if there's anyone that lost, it was me killing, chilling in my room. And it was me in my computer chair. Because I have, you know, I guess I got it. What a fucking life. <laughs> what a glorious life. Let's watch these people suck. And then let's track, and then let's go point mics in our face. Is this the worst face. episode we've watched? Bro. We've watched way worse things. We've watched worse things, but is this the worst episode of this show? No, this was the fucking valley of the show. Now we get to the peak of the show. So now we're going back to the place. It's yeah, let's go back to the what they actually do on the show. Yeah. It's so we're back at the training facility and GI Bro and General Rection are there like usual. It's nighttime training, which means there's a lot. Oh, of that's fucking right. It's like, hey, you guys are going to go play. Hey, you guys are going to for the first part of the day. You guys are going to hang out, play, play video games. All right. You guys are all done. Time for training with General Rection and GI Bro. And like, okay, so there's a lot of sparring, a lot of moves, nothing really notable for a while. There's arm drags and pinning. The only thing uh, is AJ gets tossed out uh, by the trainers because he pins someone weakly. Like he, he had a weak pin, which is funny. I heard Regal William Regal talk about that recently, how he was critiquing some of the way younger guys pin people wrong. And I guess JR uh, on commentary has pointed out some AEW guys pinning people wrong. And I guess people were calling them out for it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like you pin people wrong. But then we also watch Shawn Michaels where he has iconic pins where all he does is collapse Just on top. Just fall of, on them? Yeah, and it calls it a pin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, fucking wrestling, guys. Uh, Wrestling, wrestling inter- the IWC never changed. So everything's nope. going fine. Everything's going and going, whatever. And then tragedy. Literally, because they're like, what, they're just doing spots, and we see Martin, he gets up, and he's like, so I just heard a pop on my ankle, and I'm in good I'm in good pain right now. Doctor has to check him, and literally, he literally was just trying to roll out of the wing and ring, and then he said he heard a pop and heard a crack. And he's like, Ow, and he's like oh my fucking God, I, I'm in mad pain. So he gets a trainer, and he's sitting there, he's like, hurry up, please check it. I gotta get back in that ring right now. I gotta get back in that ring right now. And I'm like, sitting there, he's like, Bro, I would take that moment's like, if you're in that pain, I'll be sitting there like, okay, I need to take five. Bill, the professional trainer, says put some ice on it. He just goes up like, hey, put some ice on it. We'll see how it goes. And then Booker T. And like, give it a moment. Hang out and rep. Just chill. Hey, just go. Keep your eyes visual. If you can't physically train, mentally train. And then Booker. Thank you, Erection. Thank you. And then Booker T in a talking head. I don't know how bad the injury is, but I hope he could suck it up. That's what this business is about. Another and- one of the great Booker T suck it up rants. Hey, 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 suck it up. 
I, I, I literally, at the time I wrote those notes, I'm just thinking to myself, bro, as I'm typing this, I'm like, I don't have the energy to rant at Booker and write standing, sitting here. Well, I well, realize well, what more, can, what more can be said. Yeah. I, I think, I think we summed it up last episode, but it seems like it's, you know, Martin could take a moment, but either way, it's still bad. He feels like he could stand on it and he's like, feels like he's getting better, but they take him to a local medical facility. Yes, my guy. Sorry, you have to go to the local medical facility. Let's the get the Simi Valley Hospital. Let's go take some x-rays. Yeah. Oh, my God. The show was recorded in the 805. Yeah. Like how this show is. That's trippy, isn't it? That is very trippy. That's, uh... Yep. Uh, where are we at now? We, and so, uh... Well, either way. Next day, T- Martin comes back, actually. Well, it's like... How <clears> was <throat> it? Like, next day, Luke and Big Rig in the morning, like, they're, like, munching breakfast, and they yeah. notice... There's no Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm, this might be bad. So now we see them doing calisthenics. Because, bro, we got to watch them do sick fucking crunches and squats. Crunches equals buys. Yeah. My guy. So Martin comes in. He's on crutches. Oh, yep. You know that's a great sight because we see Martin. He comes in. Crutches. Cast on foot. Oh. Belt around the waist. And I'm like, no. Please. Yep. He tells Stone Cold about his ankle, who which he was hoping was a sprain. He fractured it, and the doctors will not let him compete, so Martin has to leave. Brutal. Yeah. What uh, the fuck? I'm listening like, brutal. So Stone Cold brings him into the office, and I'll tell you right now. They I have know, a heart to heart. I don't know about you. I was feeling the emotion, and it wasn't just because of the cheesy piano they had in the Well, background. yeah, there was obviously the cheesy piano. Martin was a... Because I'm going to say it. Martin was a cool guy. We roasted him a bit, but he excelled at the we, challenges. We, be, we roasted him because the show called him Donnie Osmond, and we called him Donnie Osmond. And he I'm said, Martin now. But that's the most we've ever roasted. Anything else, yeah. it seemed like he was doing the best out of yeah, all Yeah, he was a cool guy. He excelled in pretty much all the challenges. He was never in the bottom three. He was never a douchebag. I thought he was going to be like final three or four. But thus in life, may it be poetic, he gets fucked up. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, the best guy, he gets fucked up. Stone Cold says, I, I thought I would have a great psalm, whatever the fuck you call it. I don't. I'm, I'm a little tired. No, that was fitting. Was fitting. Stone Cold tells him he's like, "Look behind you on the wall. I took them belt those belts from them because they weren't tough enough." And I'm like, "Well, that's kind of fucked up because Evilise was also injured." Stone Cold, but hey, three out of like forty plus stupid things. Ain't like Evilise would stupidly have just like I I was like, dude, I'll have my leg fall off. I'll continue on. And Stone Cold's like, please don't. But he says, I'm not going to take yours. I think you are tough enough. You're going to be the only one to put your own belt on the wall. And Martin is uh, crying because there goes his dreams of ever being a WWE superstar. And even Bill, when he goes to say goodbye to everyone, even Bill DeMont gives him a hug. He shakes everyone's hands. People applaud him as he leaves. That's why Martin hugged the Rection. Fuck, I'm laughing. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, either way, this was the dismission of honor. Oh, hey, did you like this part, though? When Steve was talking to Martin about how he understands what he's going through, how he's been there. He even brings up the pile driver. He doesn't mention Owen, of course, but he brings up the pile driver that fucked up his neck. Martin tells me, he's like, I'll be back. I'll make it. Stone Cold says, it's hard, but it's not the end of the world. He goes, hey, it took me seven and a half years to become an overnight sensation. He's not wrong. 
Oh, okay. Either way, then like Martin. Hey, no, well, dude, come on. Well, because well, no, no, because you you always bring up the whole you know oh the the three sixteen thing wasn't overnight, and I figured when he said that he meant you know, bro, when he won the title from Shawn Michaels and then started feuding with fucking Vince, that was basically. Oh, when that, that happened, yeah, then he's overnight. Yeah, no, like literally, it was like that, that was, was overnight. That was extremely overnight, like because after that mania, Nitro lost. Yeah, and it was because of him and Vince. Yep. So that happens, and um, Stone Cold addresses the contestants, and he's like, "Well, we're on the home stretch now. Definitely on the home stretch. We just lost the man. He is a dismissal of honor. Yeah. Don't be sad. Martin was a ma- Martin was the dude. Yeah. Obviously, he might have won. Honestly, obviously we I, we talked about Harton as he hugs Rection and Booker, and I wrote down now he heads off to better pastures. And he t- tells them how these injuries can happen to everyone. All right, now let's do the fucking skills challenge. Yeah, now the skills challenge. He says, we've been talking about creativity. So Bill says, the challenge is, they have two minutes to show them what they've learned in the ring, put something together on the fly, I guess, and it must incorporate a top rope move. I'm like, wow, that's so creative, you guys. I just wrote down, so now the skills challenge is a two-minute yeah with at least one spot i'm like off the top rope i'm like i'm like damn i'm like hey now it's time to actually see what these guys have learned i'm like come on bill you're not booking a wcw squash match i know so hey maybe two minutes is a long ass time so aj gets in there with christina but not before bill puts his arms around her. for some reason he gets really close he goes face to face with miss christina this giant Man, and he tells her how much he believes in her. I'm like, bro, is Bill about to fucking kiss her? That's what it looked like. Oh you my, saw the picture I I'm sent. Like, Damn, dude, he was the dude. No, he straight looked like he was about to fucking kiss her, and he straight up's telling her, "I have faith in you, and I believe in you." I'm like, you've been belittling everyone this whole entire time. Hey, I have faith in you. You can do this. I straight up think he just fucking cursed her <laughs> right there. Because spoiler alert, she does this match with AJ. No. Yeah, no, she does this match with AJ. She's does she's ready to do a top rope spot. Mm-hmm. People look like, oh, she might do a crossbody, like crossbody splash. But she's like, but AJ keeps walking more toward, like more forward. She's like, all right, I'm gonna just do a simple double axe hand. Yeah, axe do a double. Yeah, do yeah. a double axe handle smash. Which is literally, she just pops up the rope, just lands on her feet, and like you, has yeah, a, like you put, close, yeah, you put your fist together and bam, donk him on the head. She does that. And it looks like she blew out her fucking knee. Yeah. Oh my, dude, fucking Rexham with kindness must have cursed her. It must have. And they blame He brought an imbalance to this fucking universe and it fucked over he Christina. He upset the balance of the force. Also, they're blaming Andy for this fuck up. Was this actually AJ? Andy, uh, AJ. Was this actually AJ's fault? It's hard to say, like, because it's like, well, maybe she was going to do a crossbody. I'm like, yeah. Even then, go into a double axe handle. Well, I was just like, all right, you know what? Whatever. I'm just going to do it. She does it and she just falls down. And it's like, well, I just blew, possibly blew out my leg and she is crying. She's in pain. She yeah. is crying. It's very uncomfortable that everyone else is going, oh my gosh, she's in pain and, just un- and is uncomfortable. 
then they get her packed up into a car to take her to the hospital. There was a funny thing here for me because as they're wrestling, the way that the trainers are reacting and the way that the shots are shotting and the edits are editing, it looks like the show wants me to believe that, hey, this Christina gal might actually be a better wrestler than AJ. And normally that pissed me off like it did with Ivelisse. But you know what? AJ has been such a boring letdown. I almost believed it this time. Yeah. Okay, so... Booker, he's doing his whole suck it up shit. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, suck it up. Uh, I don't know. She does not look like in a good mood for that fucking bullshit. And I wrote here, oh no, they want us to feel bad for Christina. And I wrote, and I'm thinking to myself, uh, keep in mind, Bill never once gave her a hard time like he's giving Andy for how she hurt Ivelisse. This is some bullshit. And then honestly, the episode just kind of ends right Cause there. Because literally, because it's like, oh, well, Christina's off to the hospital. Papa Stone Cold just rolls up like, you know what? There's no eliminations tonight because we might have just lost another person. We've yeah. already lost Martin. So, and I'm not going to lie. That logic is understandable. I get it. But when I saw that, I thought to myself, you son of a bitch, not Steve, but the show, they deprive, they have a boring episode oh, with no, really? some mild moments of rage. And then they deprive me of the Stone Cold dissection. Well, here's the thing. Oh no, I was pissed, dude. I was sitting there. There's like no elimination from Stone Cold. Bitch, bitch. I love my fucking coming to Jesus moment with Stone Cold. <laughs> but nope, we got two people getting wrecked left and right. So yeah. that was it for the episode. And as for Martin, everybody, not not all was lost for him. I did a little research. Yeah, what to Martin? That I'm actually curious. Yeah, kind of a long. Yeah, what's uh, your, what is what did your quick Google search come up with? You're going to laugh at this. Oh. He had kind of a long stint on like. And I guess like half the cast of the show, he was on Lucha Underground for a while. Fuck, really? What was he? He was he went by the names Magnificent Martin and Marty the Moth Martinez. <gasps> oh my fucking god, he was Marty the Moth? <laughs> I didn't remember either. Oh no way. He's Marty the Moth. No way. He's what? Marty the Moth. Oh my fucking god, no way. <laughs> yeah. Because he was saying Martin and Magnificent. I was like, who? Yeah. But Marty the Moth? Yeah. Bro, he won the fucking Lucha Underground title in season four. Uh-huh. You know, fuck you, dude. He was a gnarly character. They literally made him like a fucking creepy guy. He was the exact opposite bro, of this guy bro, on like, this show. Like literally, oh no, because like this guy, it looks like he was in shape. Yeah. Like Marty the Moth had a gross looking body. He wore the tiniest fucking trunks. Like no, legit. <laughs> when he won the fucking Lucha Underground heavyweight title yeah, yeah. and they took the promo picture, it looked like, dude, it looked like he, had, he was just fucking nude under the belt. <laughs> No way he was Marty the fucking mom. See, I didn't Google any of these dude, people like, before oh, fuck, the dude, show. Martin's the fucking man, dude. Mar <laughs> like, automatically, it's like, fuck, dude. Because he was saying Marty the Moth was a very uncomfortable wrestling character. But you know what? He was pretty good for Lucha Underground. Yeah. Like, he had a pretty fucking intense bloody feud with fucking Phoenix. And it's kind of funny because I wish I had known that sooner. But I didn't want to look anybody up because I didn't want spoilers. I don't like seeing spoilers like, going into this. I knew. Yeah. Because she came off as Lee. But Marty the Moth. Here's the thing. Had you, been among us this whole time. Here's the thing. Look at that Martin from our show. Okay. Now then look up Marty the Moth. I haven't seen this guy in years. Oh my God. You're going to sit there and like, wait, this is the fucking same guy? No fucking way, dude. That's so insane. Like, I'm actually stoked for Marty. I, I'm fucking Martin. Oh my God. He looks disgusting. Uh, seriously. Look at this. You see that? That's not the picture you were describing, but just look at him. No, no, dude. He gets even way more grosser. 
Let me try to find a different one. But yes, Marty the Moth was among us the whole time. I did not know. Dude, fuck, dude. Like half Oh, wait. Are you talking about this body? See the man boobs? Yeah. Dude, the fucking man titties, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, he had the man titties, the fucking, like the tiniest fucking trunks. He did also go on to, to win. He actually won a great number of titles from a lot of different promotions. And most notably, maybe besides, of course, the Lucha Underground thing, which is no small thing. Lucha Underground's fucking sick. He had some uh, AEW dark matches. Oh, yeah. I know he showed up in like dark matches. He lost to Brian Cage and then lost to Jungle Boy. So, you know what? Good for you, Martin or Marty or Martinez. Dude, Marty the Moth Martinez. Let's see if I can find like this fucking like seriously. Look at this guy right here. Just like his. Hold it. Let me. I have audio. I can actually record this. Been Marty's mo since the beginning. Now the creepy bastard. The creepy bastard. Like seriously, dude. He looked like he was trying to mole fucking mole like molest Melissa, the fucking announcer. This is not the same guy. This is not Donnie Osmond. I try to show you how much I care. Did you like me take this mask off of his head? You took it for granted. I would have given you the world. And together, we could have ruled it. <laughs> somebody. Susan, look at this fucking man titty. Well, he's like in the shirt. He's a thick boy. <laughs> like he let his body go in a good way though. Like no, no, it played yeah, into yeah. his care. I'm not gonna sit there because like, Fuck, like bro, might to... just, unless you know Marty the Moth, you sit there and like, wow, this is a fucking creepy bastard you guys are playing right now. But on this show, he was like the nicest, like not white meat, but he was just like the nicest guy, run of the mill guy. Oh, dude, he was totally run of the mill white meat guy. I'm Martin now. Oh yeah, but dude, Marty the Moth, like Marty I can't, the Moth is like I can't say he was like the Melissa. most exciting wrestler, but I'm sitting there as like. His fucking Clearly, he was entertaining. He oh, he's fucking memorable because what? He's fucking gnarly, like almost about to molest the fucking ring announcer and then having ready to fucking like, and then he made Phoenix bleed like fucking buckets. You know what? He would have won this competition if he stayed. Yes. I am convinced. Fuck, bro. We might have to go through Lucha Underground one day for that star for ideas. <sighs> Like I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Like, believe me, like, because there's like, a, I'm not saying there's actual storylines, but it's no, like, there's storylines. Here's the thing: Lucha Underground would be way more easier than to do WCW. Yes, like, yeah. than, to, to, than to do Nitro. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would legit be down, like, to possibly do Lucha Underground, but I don't know how much of a wrestling podcast we are. Yeah, we like wrestling. Yeah, give us a little bit on that one. <laughs> Maybe we'll see where we go from there. All right. Anything else you want to say? Or nah, is it time to wrap up? Let's take it home. All right, listeners. Hope you guys have a good one. Adios. I thought I would have something witty. I don't know. Dude, after like Discovery Martin. You're Martin, Martin now. I'm Martin? Fuck no, dude. Martin was Marty the Moth? Fuck, bro. That is fucking sick. Also, listeners, double again. I hope you have a fucking awesome one. How about you guys that? too? Yeah. Adios. Adios. Bye. Double adios. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Later. So long. Adios. Farewell. Adios, amigos. Adios and goodbye. Yeah. End the fucking show. Fuck no. You had the show.